Everybody's a Nazi. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. Sunday, August 14th, 2022. This is your award-winning Gimbo Nation Media Assassination, episode 1477. This is No Agenda. Unleaded, level-headed, and broadcasting live from the heart of the Texas Hill Country here in FEMA region number six in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where we all want to see the affidavit. I'm John C. Dvorak. Really? Well, that's all you can think of there in California? Wow, affidavit, affidavit, man, affidavit. This is the point. This is the problem. This is the problem with the M5M. They're obfuscating the biggest news of the century. Monkey parks too. <laughs> no, no, no. Here at home, a major shift in the CDC's COVID guidelines. The agency says there is no longer a need to quarantine after coming in close contact with someone who's infected. Also, the agency says Americans no longer need to keep six feet of social distancing. Officials say the changes were announced in part because an estimated 95% of Americans 16 and older have acquired some form of immunity. Masks are still recommended in high transmission communities. Yeah, well, they're kind of burying the lead, which is there's no longer a difference, according to the CDC, between vaccinated and unvaccinated people. Done. Obviously. I know. And of course you want to. But there's a little kicker there. There's a little kicker in there. Yeah, no, I'm not so sure. I mean, that's. I, did you read the CDC recommendation? Because it really is incre- talking about. It's incredibly clear. Well, here, I have a, a couple of quick clips. It's just short ones and we'll be done with it because it's important. Also this morning, the COVID pandemic appears to be entering a new phase. New the phase. CDC's announcement of sweeping updates to its guidelines. Sweeping. They touch on everything from quarantining to masking. Joining us now to help break it all down, NBC's senior medical correspondent, Dr. John Torres. Always good to have you, sir. Good morning. So let's start with these new recommendations for quarantining. If you're exposed and, and you test positive, what's what's changed here and what's prompted the change? Well, so one of the biggest things that's changed is what happens if you're exposed and you don't test positive. Because what they're saying right now is before they divided in between vaccinated and unvaccinated. If right. you were unvaccinated, you had to go into quarantine. Well, they've dropped that. They put everybody on an equal basis. And now they're saying if you're exposed don't have symptoms, then go ahead and wear a mask out and about. But you want to wear a high-quality mask for 10 days. Test at day five. If you test positive, then obviously you go ahead and go into isolation. If you test negative, continue to wear that well-fitting, high-quality mask for the next five days, but you don't have to quarantine anymore, vaccinated or unvaccinated. I love this new high-quality mask that I'm hearing about everywhere. You know, what happened to the N95? That was simple. Everyone got it. You need an N95. Why is it now a high-quality mask? Is there a new mask on the market? Is there a new one coming? I know, but it's so funny to watch, see people out and about. (laughs) With high-quality masks? (laughs) In in the open air, walking down the street by themselves, wearing one of those duck masks. (laughs) Just like, what's wrong with you? I got two clips on this. uh, CDC lies. This is on uh, New Tang Dynasty. Okay. The CDC is admitting it gave false information about analyzing vaccine data. It happened multiple times, but the agency says it didn't do so on purpose. Here's that story. The CDC has a team that analyzes reports submitted to the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, also called VAERS. The team is supposed to study post-vaccine heart inflammation related to vaccines. In July, the Epoch Times submitted a Freedom of Information request to the CDC for all reports from that team. 
The CDC then said there weren't any from before October 2021, and that a connection between myocarditis and mRNA COVID-19 vaccines was not known at that time. That statement was false. Months before October 2021, the CDC had already acknowledged a connection between heart inflammation and COVID-19 vaccines. A spokeswoman then said the team began analyzing myocarditis in May 2021. She added that no CDC employees intentionally provided false information. The CDC still hasn't released the reports. Then there's data mining. The CDC said in January 2021 that it would perform a specific type of data mining analysis on VAERS reports called Proportional Reporting Ratio, or PRR. But when a nonprofit asked for the results, the CDC said they didn't run any PRRs. Asked for clarification, (laughs) the head of the VAERS team told the Epic Times that they started performing PRRs in February 2021. The CDC is now saying that both the original response and the head's clarification were false. They lie. They lie. I don't know why, but there's a short, a short follow-up to that clip. They now say they started performing PRRs more than a oh, year later in March of this year, and they stopped at the end of July. The CDC hasn't released those reports either. The spokeswoman said they misinterpreted the question earlier. Oh, <laughs> I misinterpret what? Hey, do you have any PRR reports? Uh, yeah, no, yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, what? I, not intentionally. I mean, what? No, but here's the, that's, this is exactly the problem. Everybody wants the affidavit, which now gives me some reason to believe that might also have been important to have this dumb raid. We'll get to that. You know, because, hey, this is the only benefit, uh, the only difference between myself and a vaccinated person is that person can get myocarditis. I mean, if that's the benefit you're looking for, then it's beautiful. Everything else is equal. Two more short clips on this. Dr. John, there's a lot of parents of little kids, I think us included, who might be confused with all this stuff coming and feeling like a contradiction what we might have heard before. What would you say to the parents? What I would say is, you know, look at these new guidelines because they have changed for a couple of reasons. Number one, you know, we're two and a half years into the pandemic. And the CDC is also saying 95% of us have some level of immunity, either from vaccines or prior infections. And so we're at that stage now where we can pull back a little bit. And for schools in particular, they're saying that the rules aren't quite the same they were before. Hmm, not quite the Whatever same. Whatever that means. Well, here it is. Yeah, I was going to ask you, what is the CDC position now on masking in schools? A lot of kids started school yeah. this week. So what are, what are the schools supposed to do? So right now what they're saying is children in school only have to mask in certain situations. Number one, they're really emphasizing community levels. If there's a high community level and it's a high-risk activity, wrestling games, indoor concerts, that, those types of things, want to wear a mask. Also in nurse- wait, wait a minute. Did he say wrestling games? What did he say? So if you're going <laughs> to be wrestling. Well, hold on. Let me hear games, indoor <laughs> level and it's a high risk activity wrestling games indoor con- who comes up with that high risk activity what could we come up with wrestling games huh well that's weird despite the, despite the fact that his usage is skewed who is going to go wrestling which is one of the most strenuous sports you can imagine with a mask on oh hello jimmy superfly no, different wrestling. I'm sorry. Remember, so, uh, that's <laughs> I, idiotic. I, of course it's I, idiotic. I don't get the joke. You the reference is beyond me. Yeah. No, I guess you never watched wrestling back in the day. I watched wrestling. You know, Superfly? You don't remember Jimmy Superfly? No, it was, that was back in the day where the, all the wrestlers were local. We had our guy out here in the, 
before before the WWF came along or the WWE. Yeah, that's what I'm uh, talking came. about. Jimmy Superfly. Snooker. I don't remember him being one of the hot shots. Yeah, he would get up on the on the ropes and then he'd do a swan well, all dive. Do that. No, well, he yeah. started it. He's the OG Superfly. No, he's not the OG for that. That goes back to the Listen, 60s. Listen, stick with your sumo, okay? <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, let's continue. We had Ray Stevens. Yeah, we uh, had Ray our, Charles. I mean, come on. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Well, uh, wrestling games, indoor concerts, that, those types of things. You want to wear a mask. Also in a nurse's <laughs> office because that's a healthcare setting and somebody could be sick there. But for the most part, you don't have to wear a mask. And if children are exposed, they no longer have to test to stay or stay home. They can go to school as long as they wear a high-quality, well-fitting mask. And at day five, they test. Again, right. again, the high-quality mask. I think No Agenda Shop should make some new mask that just has printed on it, high-quality mask. Absolutely, you. That is a marketing uh, genius, uh, tour genius. de force, right there. When you say <laughs> right on the front of the mask, it says high quality, high or, quality. No, high quality mask. Yeah, it should have all three Just words. Just in case anyone wonders. Yeah, what are you wearing? The high quality mask. Oh, hold on a second. I have a genius idea. Hold on. Uh, let's see. Can we? Can I get in quick enough here? Why don't we see if we can get highqualitymask.com? <laughs> Hold that on. may be the answer highqualitymask.com let's see high quality make sure i spelled it right let's see are we lucky are we lucky let's see <gasps> yeah nailed it. It. N- it nailed it. it nailed it another three dollars a year for <laughs> Woo! So it should say high quality mask. Where can I get one? And it should have underneath the URL highqualitymask.com, which of course will go to noagendashow.net. It's the, it's the best marketing gag in the universe. Now maybe you should just send no, we should just send it back to the no agenda shop. Well, when they put like the high quality masks out, sure. <laughs> Uh, okay, so now we have to kind of transition because there's a lot of a lot of things happening. But you have no more CDC COVID. No, I have COVID. I, this, that's what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, we're transitioning yeah, I got, to COVID. Yeah, well, I got, I got COVID. Nothing. I got COVID. I, I got the monkeypox. I got the polio. I got everything. I'm a mess. So myocarditis. We know that uh, you can get that from the COVID vaccine. That is now admitted. It was known when they said they didn't know. We just heard that. And we have to trust New Tang Dynasty. Uh, let's have a quick listen to the king, Peter McCullough, regarding monkeypox vaccine. Shockingly, when the monkeypox story started to evolve, we heard a report that the U.S. government had actually purchased 13 million doses of the Genios vaccine. The Genios vaccine. So wait a minute. The Genios vaccine was coming along in 2018-2019. And uh, in fact, this is a live attenuated vaccine and with it in a study of over 3,003 people in the package insert you know what the trouble is myocarditis or heart inflammation and now there's already reports of heart inflammation with this vaccine Keneth and colleagues reported uh, in 2018 heart damage with the product in a young man age 36 now the interesting thing is clinically Dell, the people who are at risk for dying are young individuals with hiv we can't use live attenuated viruses in people with hiv because they're immunocompromised so ironic so just tell me that i'm not nuts and that this is some sick joke where 
the whole marketing effort of the monkeypox vaccine was towards uh, highly sexually active men who have sex with men. Uh, and there's probably a likelihood of HIV, which is pretty much undetectable because of the PrEP. And people do live normal lives, but they're compromised perhaps from it, also compromised uh, being double boosted, double jabbed. And then we're going to market something which has known side effect of myocarditis, which some of them may already have. This is, this is gay aside. Yeah, when I heard this, I heard this clip too. When I heard this clip, I said, yeah, it looks like that. But it's part of the long-term movement away <laughs> from gays toward queers. Yeah, but you didn't, they don't have to kill them. Yeah, they're killing them. Yeah, it's, not, it's so obvious. Let's kill them. Oh, my goodness. I, I, my heart hurts when I hear this. Okay. Well, good to know, everybody. Thanks for telling us after everyone stood in line. For weekends on end, yeah, weekends I, on end, standing in line like you know, yeah, to get I'm some in line. I'm gonna get the shot. Uh, oh man, I got the last shot. That's great. <laughs> I got the last one available. They only had three million. Oh, the last one available. Sad. All right. Uh, so, uh, monkeypox vaccine administer with caution. Now let's go to to the the Twin Cities. London, New York. My goodness, what's going on? Public health officials are warning the presence of polio virus in New York City's wastewater means the disease is likely circulating locally. They're urging those unvaccinated to get immunized immediately. In New York City, 86% of kids five and under have received three doses of the vaccine. But in some areas, that number drops below 60%. This comes just three weeks after a man was paralyzed with polio in Rockland County, New York, the U.S.'s first case in nine years. Officials fear hundreds could be infected. The likely culprit? Vaccine hesitance. The polio vaccination rate in Rockland County is just 60 percent, compared to the nearly 79 percent statewide. Polio used to disable thousands, mostly children, each year, but was largely eradicated in America through mass vaccination program starting in the 1950s. Doctors say people need to be proactive about making sure it doesn't spread. If we can go back to having very, very high standards with regard to making sure that people are vaccinated and making sure that the immunization rates are better, uh, that's our best method of protection. And most people who get polio do not have visible symptoms. About one in four, though, develop flu-like symptoms, including fevers, fatigue, and headaches. And according to the CDC, about one in 200 polio infections leads to paralysis. Now, let's just talk about this, because there's something missing in in these news reports. And I have a very similar one, a much shorter, from the UK. What's missing is when did we stop inoculating for polio isn't that a standard isn't that in the standard package of 60 that every child gets these days well i think you bring up a good point because there's this sick they're inoculating kids for all kinds of crazy things six like you said there's like 60 before you're six Mm -hmm. just one shot after another after another some parents opt out of a few of them but for the most part everyone's all in and you don't even know what these things are they're just one shot after another it's Huge number of vaccinations. When I was a kid, I think we had six. Here, we ch- had diphtheria, children, children, whooping you, cough, 
I'm sorry, here. Children usually get the inactivated polio virus vaccine, IPV, at ages two months, four months, six to 18 months, and four to six years. Holy yeah. shit. We, we got like, here's a sugar cube, son. <laughs> I don't know if they're giving the sugar, sugar cube out anymore. I doubt it. It was probably some MK Ultra experiment. It was nothing to do with, with polio. But, but, but my point is, so it doesn't appear that we stopped inoculating it for. And I know people are saying they're getting it from the vaccine. Maybe, maybe. But well, all, was a, but all I'm hearing in is in Africa where that was sure to be the case. That's but, the but what Gates, I'm hearing. Uh, but what I'm hearing them say is, well, the problem here is vaccine hesitancy. So you're telling me that of all the bullshit they want to give to children, 60-some, and, and, and on the, the bullshit schedule. they give to children, yes. not just one That polio, the, oh, I draw the line at polio. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It's a, it's a report that it needs, that presents more questions yes. here's than, a, than answers. It sounds like bullshit. There's something amiss. Here's the BBC. But the discovery of these samples in sewage in London suggests the that... There is someone out there who has polio. There are definitely people that have polio inside their body, whether they have what you would necessarily call symptomatic polio. So there's nobody in London <laughs> that has symptomatic been polio. But there might be somebody in London that is sick and it's being confused with something else. Um, but not only do we think that at least one person's got it inside their bodies in London, but multi people, multiple people have, because this has cropped up more than 100 times in samples. So, okay. We've learned this trick. Asymptomatic polio. Huh? I mean, <laughs> okay, so I'm just trying to figure out where is this all coming from? So we have, and, and, and I have to kind of go back to the source, our 2012 you know, show, I think it was, where we looked at the big uh, Goldman conference for vaccines, the medical conference, and they were all jacked up about all this great stuff. We're going to give people stuff before they're sick, and it's going to be beautiful. And, of course, the one-shot-fits-all. That's always been the dream. And finally, the Moderna CEO. And we should probably point out that Moderna was you know, financed by Gavi, uh, or it was a Gavi or Seppi, one of these two, that you know, is all set up by the Gates Foundation. So Moderna, they're really, I think, more in the licensing game and Pfizer's in the marketing game. Um, Moderna, of course, does have its own product to, st- to stay you know, reliable, but I think they're just the licensing arm. Uh, here's the CEO telling us the future. Future of the COVID vaccine to look like for adults when it comes to schedule, dosage, makeup. You know, you mentioned basically that you're looking to make sure that folks are protected against multiple different strains, multiple viruses, right? There are around 10 viruses that circulate in the world. Some of them mutate fast, like flu or COVID, some don't. We think we can put in a single product a lot of mRNAs taking care of all those viruses, and that once a year you should be able to get an annual booster, single dose, that has in the vial all those mRNAs for all those virus that are, of course, adapted to the strain of a season, like flu, like COVID strain, and so on. And the idea is a bit like the iPhone, where, as we know, you know, a lot of us buy a new iPhone every every September, uh, and you get new apps, and you get refreshed apps. And that's exactly the same idea, which is you'll get COVID and flu and RSV in your single dose, and you'll get what's the best science of the moment, 
to protect you for the spring circulating now and in the fall winter. So we can combine all those things and provide to people around the world the annual booster. So only one shot. So in case it was hard to understand. Yes. What, what, why do all these guys sound like Stavros Blofeld from the <laughs> Bond series? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. What is with these accents with these guys? These guys are not trustworthy. Well, that's no offense uh, to be no, no. That that's life imitating art. You know, yeah, they're all they're all uh, they all come across as evil. But I love his uh, his analogy. Oh no, no, you get one shot a year, and it'll be just like upgrading your iPhone. It's not like yeah. we haven't said immunity as a service. We've talked about this for two years. We were onto this game right away. Immunity as and it's you get refresh your apps, yeah, refresh your apps. My goodness, what bull crap! Yeah, yeah. And he says it with a straight face. So, so he said, "Hold on a second. So he said, ten, there are ten viruses in the world. So let's do a little uh, process of elimination. So the ones that we know that they'll put into their we one. We know there's more than ten viruses in the world, but go ahead." Exactly. Well, so we can start predicting. So we've got uh, number one, COVID. Number two, monkeypox. Number three, polio. Number four, flu. Number five, which he mentioned there, RSV. So what should the six, seven, eight, nine, and ten be? I'm going to say avian flu. I'm going to say Ebola. Uh, We need three more. What else do we have? AIDS? Let's just throw it in there. AIDS or HIV. I need two more, John. What what other horrible diseases will because this way we can predict what the next outbreak is. We actually HIV has to be in there. We already had the rare HIV in the Netherlands. I think this is predicting the 10 whatever the 10 are there could be 11 it could be 9 he said it's 10 he futile. said 10. <laughs> okay he said futile 10. what you're doing all right well i'm i'm expecting ebola a uh there may be a good aids outbreak something like that and of course right now the no there'll be something you know what there'll be something new scarlet fever two. Ooh, scarlet there'll be fever. something that's new and yes. oh what's this oh it's a new outbreak of scarlet fever two just showed up in Africa uh, at the Fort Dietrich outlet there in uh, the Congo. <laughs> the, the Fort Dietrich mall outlet where everyone picks up their viruses. Yeah. Um, now, the World Health Organization, just to reiterate, is now asking for the public's help in renaming the monkeypox. Uh, I thought this was settled with MPX. I nope, thought this was settled. Nope. We played a clip and a nope. clip and a clip, nope. and they renamed it MPX. And now all of a sudden they have to rename it again. Yep, because MPX wasn't right. They should just name it what they want to call it Trump Pox. That's what they want it to be Trump Pox. Trust me. If they could, if they could have their way, that's what it would be. Uh, and now this thing is uh, confirmed to be passed on to a pet dog for the first time. Poor dog. Poor, poor, poor dog. <laughs> Who knows what's going on? a dog on. with monkeypox? Oh my God, this thing would be miserable. Well, have you seen any of the TikTok videos of people with monkeypox? It's not, it's not cool. I'm not going to watch TikTok. Why would I watch such a thing? You watch. They're gross. Yeah, but it's. Do they show the, the pubic area with all boils all no. over the 
dick no. or anything? That'd no, be disgusting. No, Who wants no. to see that? It's just on their face yeah, and their nightmares. hands and on the chest. And yeah, there's there's this one uh, flight attendant who now has to quarantine in his hotel room in like Tucson for three weeks. I guess it takes a long time for monkeypox to end, or he just doesn't want it to go out. I can understand that too. Is it all over his face? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's on his face. Not pretty. That wouldn't be good. No, not pretty. Not pretty. All right, let's talk uh, affidavit. Let's talk about the big raid, baby. The big raid. Hello. Oh, how much I've got on this raid? Well, um, I've, I've got I've all got, kinds well, of. Before messaging. we go, I do want to play this little clip, this little side, since we're talking about the medical thing. Playing my Fauci effect. Oh, yeah. Fauci is out of control. You've heard this. Yeah, this, this, clip. this is pathetic. This is a very, very pathetic man. Here we go. People go to medical school now. People are interested in science, not because of me, because people, most people don't know me, who I am. My friends know me. My wife knows me. But Beelzebub. Know me. It's what I symbolize. And what I symbolize <laughs> in, a, in an era of the normalization of untruths, and lies and and all the things you're seeing going on in society from January 6th to everything else that goes on, people the craving for consistency, for integrity, for truth, and for people caring about people. It's called the Fauci effect, which is sort of like, you know, as trust me, I'm, I, I don't get excited about that. <laughs> I mean, it's nice, but... Okay. There's nothing called the Fauci effect. Who's he kidding? I think we actually have a report from a long time ago that might have been called the Fauci effect. I remember something about it. But here, here's, the, here's the problem. This is something that if, if you're a narcissist like Fauci, you want someone else to say about you. You want someone else to you. You want the host of this interview. To say, hey man, this is fantastic. This Fauci effect is so cool. You don't want to give away the name. It's like, I will never say, oh yeah, I'm the podfather. No, I've never done that. I accept it when people call me that. But it's, it's lame. It's incredibly lame. And it's narcissistic. Here's the other thing. When you hear this guy talk, I, I can't do it, but I'd love to pull it through a processor. This is the devil speaking. This is literally the devil. The devil is lying, lying to you in this. Wouldn't you agree? I want to hear it again because just think this guy has fucking horns and he's got, and he's got a tripod and he's got a tail and he's ugly and he's, he's breathing fire. He's the devil. And the devil would lie like this. People go to medical school now. People are interested in science, not because of me, because people, most people don't know me who I am. No, yeah, we know. know me, Antichrist. Me, people don't know me it's what i symbolize and what i symbolize in a in an era of the normalization of untruths and lies and and all the things you're seeing going on in society from january 6th to everything else that goes on people the craving for consistency for integrity for truth and for Mm. people caring about people it's called the fauci effect which is sort of like you know as Trust me, I'm, I, I don't get excited about that. <laughs> I mean, it's nice. But- oh, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you had it. I saw that you had it, so I didn't clip it myself. Otherwise, I would have brought it. It's just mind-boggling. What lies? 
It's crazy. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It uh, well, really before is. we get started on all the uh, affidavit and other stuff, let's play. At oh, least I, oh one. I, yeah, I do have two more things before we go there. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, why don't you play that? Because I have the Jean Pierre, uh, who I guess uh, what's her name? She doesn't. She's never. She doesn't. She's not read in on anything. Oh, let's do Jean Pierre. Let's let's do Jean Pierre. Well, let's, let we'll me, move I, ahead. This is. I just want to do one. I got a bunch of them, but I, this one here I want to play. Oh, cause this wait a minute. You have a bunch of Jean Jean Pierre, Karina Abdul, Van Damme. Yeah. Oh, God. And this one, JPK, I call him. JPK. Uh, here's where she's not read in. Listen to when uses the raid word. I can tell you this. He was not uh, aware of 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 uh, of of the uh, what was it the Mar-a-Lago raid? I don't know what you guys are calling it. Oh man, she screwed that up so bad. Okay, can I tell you what I think happened? I think I think they read her in. And they said, look, these a-holes, Trump called it a raid. It wasn't a raid. We need to diminish that shit. We mean, you know, we need to make it sound like these guys made it up. And she completely blows it. Completely yeah. blows it. Let me hear that again. Yeah, but you can see her grasping for it. Because she, she's, uh, and, uh, uh. uh and I, the, yes, because she couldn't remember. She couldn't, might not have been able to remember the word, but, or that was her lame ass attempt at acting trying to pretend oh we what was that uh um you know they've done this before from the podium from the podium they've done stuff like uh, i'm sorry i don't even know what you're talking about you know i don't know i'm not familiar with they the raid have, they have done a number of those <laughs> the, the redhead i used to do constantly yes. I don't know what you're talking about. Let's hear this again. I can tell you this. He was not uh, aware of, 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 uh, of, of the, uh, what was it, the Mar-a-Lago raid? I don't know what you guys are calling it. <laughs> you know, they spent a lot of money on training her, too. I heard of like $50,000 in consultants for media training. Dude. Oh, that just makes it worse. Yes, you're right. Because what happens when they're over, you know, the, the, the then, implication is constantly, you don't know what you're doing, you're no good. Yeah, yeah, it just makes it, it, it's very hard to uh, to train somebody using media trainers on somebody that's that, in, that's that bad. Yeah. The way to do it is to back off yeah. and let her become supernatural. So she's just like kind of yeah, relaxing it. Yeah, if she could relax So for she two relaxes. Seconds. If she's not going to ever relax if you got somebody breathing down her neck. No, she's got to stick up her butt as is. So, But, you know, but, <laughs> yeah, but, she but does. The, the problem is she never got critiqued. This, she's, she's going through it. And I feel a little bad for her because she's the product of MSNBC fawning. Like, oh. She's a black woman and she's smart because that's literally how they would talk about it, with those exact words. Yep. Uh, she and was so an just, MSNBC host, yeah. not a host, but a, a guest, a, a permanent guest. Yeah. And, and, and she would say the damnedest stupid things, but they were, oh, and they fall all over themselves. And then she expected yeah. just to waltz in here with no training whatsoever and actually doing something like this. She's never and, been a press secretary. And, and look at what she's falling apart over Peter Ducey. I mean, I like Ducey, but he's not really the predator, like, journalist type. No, he's not like a Costa. <laughs> How could she fall apart over that guy? It's like, hey, shut up, Ducey. Anyone could, could put him in his place. No, no. All right, let's do more of these. I love ragging on her. Okay, well, then I, she, she also brings in the Putin price. I guess another short 10-second clip. Okay. Per gallon from at least one gas station. 
President Biden promised he would address Putin's price hike at the at the pump, and he has. Yeah, well, so, you know, they, they, they got some of that right. You know, the price went down regardless of why. They said, price is going down, and it went down, and they're able to call that. Yeah, well, good for them. Yeah. Now, the thing that was good about this last press conference was there was a woman from some African newspaper who called her out. I got Uh-oh. two clips of this. This went on longer than you're going to hear. A, hear. a white woman or a black woman? Black woman. Okay. A black African. How, a did, black she, how, African did, she, how did she get in? <laughs> I mean, she was she's part of the group. I mean, it, oh, the, okay. The John Carl, whoever it is. Is she a backbencher? She's a backbencher, way in the back. Yes, yeah, she's totally oh, okay. a backbencher. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, it's the press corps <laughs> operation. Typical, de- typical Democrats, you know, black in the back. <laughs> so they have this woman. And so she came in, she started asking questions. Why aren't you calling on black. Uh, uh, people and so she gets into a beef Ooh. with her. Wait, she not calling on black black journalists, black Africans. Oh, oh man! Oh, so, who sent this is, time you know, bomb in? It, it it is because she is a uh, one of those. Um, Jean Pierre is one of those uh, Mediterranean, not Mediterranean, yeah, yeah, Caribbean. Yeah, she's from Haitian. Uh, she's from Haiti. Yeah, Haiti. She's a Haiti, mm-hmm. Haiti girl. A Haiti. So here we go. This is JPK Africa one. This is where she first introduces the complaint. Uh, Jean Pierre then says she's going to call, and she never does call on her ever, and, and walks. But but here, listen to here's here's where it starts. One question for Africa, Karine. I'm going to come back, guys. Thank you. Why do we always have to beg for questions? Africans deserve questions as well, Karine. Come on. What is the latest on communications with Beijing, and are there still efforts to find a meeting for? Okay, I couldn't hear what Karine was saying, but I heard. I don't know. I heard well, her she saying, said, "I'll get back to you." She, yeah, she said. I heard that. Oof. Then she's answering somebody else. Yeah. So then it goes on and on, and then the woman doesn't get any. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to pick on me. Never does. She should have said, "Circle back." And so here we go with the with the with it gets a little heated here. Okay, I'll, I'll take I'll take a couple more questions. Okay, I'm going to take I'm going to take I'm going to guys. Uh, go ahead. Okay. Give, give me a we second. We have me asking for go questions ahead. for every time. And even when you give questions to Simon, it's because he forced. We don't need to force for question. We also deserve to have a question. I will Why? get. Do you I will get against African reports. On Afghanistan, shakes all this said last year that there was wow. an extensive yeah. top to bottom yeah. review of the and how that went. Can you start again because sure. someone was was yelling over you? Oh. Violation, man. Okay, first she let some white dude mansplain over her, and then and then uh, Karina Abdul says, "I'm sorry, someone was talking over you." Whoa. Well, of course there was outrage in the court, and so what happened after this was then the woman was tried it one more time. I, I don't have the rest of this. Goes on for a long time. Mm. Uh, she never picks on her, even though she promised she would right at the beginning. Wow. And then she w- closes the books and walks out and they kill the mic so he can't hear her yelling <laughs> and screaming. I'm sure she was. Man. Uh, yeah. It's a little beef going on there. Nice. That was pretty poorly handled. Very poorly Very handled. poorly handled, but great for our show. Excellent well, job. Like uh, so, so talking about screaming, I'm just going to do a quick call back for a minute here because I did want to play this. Uh, you know, we've been talking about doctors 
uh, not being able to hide the dead bodies anymore. And now a lot of doctors are saying, and nurses and other medical professionals are coming out of the woodwork and saying, okay, we can't stand for this. We have to tell you what's going on. And this was at the Australian Medical Association's conference, uh, which had a whole bunch of doctors in in a big hotel uh, ballroom, uh, all with masks on, and some of them with their white coats. And Dr. William Bay did this. Uh, Omar, I'm sorry. Um, My colleagues of the AMA, my name is Dr. William Bay. And I'm a GP registrar. And I'm here today to ask you to join with the people of Australia and stop forcing these vaccines on people who are getting killed by them. Dr. Professor Paul Kelly is a liar. He is gaslighting all of you. And there is only a 0.27% fatality rate with the infection. And... Natural immunity has been proven recently in a Qatar study that it gives you 97.3% immunity for life against all variants. All GPs, all doctors of Australia, you are on notice by the people of Queensland. This is the Queensland people's protest and you have been warned. Boom. (laughs) See, I, I like this. There's been a bunch of these. I haven't heard that one. But that, that's definitely at the top of the list of good it's, ones. And it's important, you know, so even this African lady, and I'm sure there's a reason uh, uh, she's not being called on. She must have some, because they have to submit the questions beforehand. Everyone knows this. It's, it's still, still a little play that's put on. You know, follow-up questions may differ, but they, they're prepared. That's why she has a binder. There's something about this African lady that is, is there's a problem with her. Yeah, she's got a question that they can't answer. Correct. Or don't want to address. Do we know what outfit she's from? What? Uh... No, we have no clue. Hmm. Hmm. That's too bad. You'd I... have to get a hold of one of the reporters in the room, and they would probably know. Because l- I'm sure yeah. everybody knows. Send a note to, to Ducey probably knows who it is. Hey, but so... they probably all know the question. Yeah. A couple of quick things just to mention. Daily source code turned 18 yesterday. So that was the first episode of uh, the Daily Source Code, arguably one of the first podcasts, if not the. Although now I'm told Robin Williams on uh, on uh, on Audible that was two years earlier, and that was podcasting, apparently, according to so according everything's to, podcast according to Audible. Um, Anne Hesh passed away. Which was, uh, it was weird. It was kind of unexpected because everyone saw her on the stretcher moving around. You see No, that? they saw her jumping. She almost jumped off the stretcher. Yeah, yeah. She popped up on the yeah. stretcher. We saw these videos. And yeah. she was grabbing at something. I mean, so that doesn't sound like somebody's brain Well, dead. it looked like she was trying to open a body bag that she was in, honestly. That's what it looked like. But I th- maybe that was a burn bag. And, you know, and if you're severely burned... Man, you're going in, they might have to put you in a coma. So we don't know what happened, but, you know, and then the big conspiracy theory. Yeah. Why would there be a conspiracy oh, theory a, about there's, Anne Hayes? Okay, there's a conspiracy theory. And Ellen did it. No. No, no, no. They killed her uh, because they, they wanted to stop the movie, uh, the Lifetime Network movie that is coming out in September, which Lifetime Network has said will air as scheduled. Uh, which is about human trafficking in America. 
See, mm-hmm. so, so that's why they had to kill her. Uh, I, I have my issues with that, well, too. Since they killed her and the movie's still coming out, it seems like the conspiracy is pretty lame. Yeah. Now, I, I just want to give Anne Hesh props for her role in Wag the Dog. She may have been a little wacky, but that was, that's one of my favorite movies. It's one of my favorite movies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we have confirmation. She got, if you look at her wiki page, besides the fact that you really see that she's a troubled person, with a mis- leading a miserable life, could be despite all her stardom. Yeah, uh, she did work a lot. I, I never thought about it until I looked at her wiki page. And you see, she was yeah. working every year. She did a movie, maybe two, mm-hmm. and she did a lot of TV. She, she worked a lot, so it wasn't like she was, start, you know, that. Well, I would take it to there's no reason for having to drive around a, a Mini Cooper, <laughs> but okay. It was a it was a country man. Those yeah, are, it was a little those bigger. Upscale. Yeah. Those are ups, it's upscale mini upscale Cooper. Upscale mini Cooper. Hey, you know, I, I, if you live in, in the city, if you live in Los Angeles, it may be handy to have a small car. It may be handy to have an electric car, seems to me. But. Uh, I believe the Countryman is electric, which might answer the question why it burst into flames. Or it's a hybrid, at, at minimum I don't a hybrid. Know that it's an electric or a no, hybrid. No, there's a hybrid. Okay. There's a hybrid. I'm, I'm, I, know, I think the former New York banker had one. See, this is what I'm saying. Like he had a yes, be, a mini yes, Cooper. Yes, he would. He had the Countryman. He would drive it every day, and he felt that was cool. You got to understand these people. Have you ever been in one of those and driven it? Yeah, he drove me in it. They're they're very roomy. They're surprisingly roomy. Yeah, but they just seem cheap. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't actually say hey. Hey, baby. You know, doesn't say that. Hey, baby. Hey, check me out. Check out my Mini Cooper, baby. Hop in the Lambo. <laughs> Far from a Lambo. Go on uh, with your rundown. Oh, um, okay. Uh, we have confirmation. You no longer need a ticket. You could just need ID and you yes, can go through TSA. we got a TSA. note today. We got a note several, yesterday. Several, several notes. Yeah, that said, no, you just go into your, yeah, they got some new computer system. It just, I guess it goes through the, because you have to have your exact same name, otherwise you're a terrorist. I, you know, no, 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 you don't need a ticket. He's, no, you just need your ID, but you need an ID with your name on it. I understand, but you don't have to have a ticket associated with it. You can go to the gate and meet someone now. If you want to stand in line for three hours, I mean, it's not like, woo, this is so cool. That's the difference. I have th- two reports. One of our of guys says the passports work fine. Passports work fine, too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, okay. Correction on the COVID des. I, I was trying to figure that out, and I wasn't doing a very good job on the last episode. Uh, so uh, here is the exact statistic. This one is what came out of the Netherlands. One out of every 800 people over 60 who gets vaccinated dies. So not 60 of 800. It's one out of 800 over uh, 60. Ah, yeah, the 60 mixed yeah, up with the... Yeah, like, that's why. That's why. That sounds about right. Now, I have a correction to make. On the newsletter, I said that Salmon Rusty, Rusty, Rusty Salmon, <laughs> Rusty Salmon, <laughs> was uh, stabbed in New York City, but that was a typo, and it was New York, not New York City. Oh, gee, did people uh, yes, get mad yeah, at they, you? <laughs> I've, I've had other blunders in there, and there people noticed nothing. But I didn't check. The, no. New Yorkers are very, you know, well, yeah, stabbed yeah. here in our town. <laughs> 
then I got one of my favorite emails, which I'd like to share with you. Uh, we won't be able to do anything with it for this show, but um, I do want to play this uh, quick recording. This is from Amy, producer Amy. Uh, Adam, I thought it was time to kidnap my niece again for a child abuse audition reel. She was so excited when she heard herself on the show uh, that she goes around saying, this is going nowhere and I do not have a little head. I can't remember. Did we have her on one of her, one of our producer's children going, I don't have a little head? I don't remember. I know we talked about little heads. They're coming. Yeah, this is Zika. Uh, She's an excellent little troll in this audition reel. So if you need any ISOs for Sunday show, here you go. So I just wanted to play a couple, see if you like any. I think you'll enjoy this reel. Hey, John, guess what? (laughs) I'll punch you in the face and you'll like it. (laughs) Let that sink in. See, I think that is pretty good. Suck it up, buttercup. You can be a troll, too. Get hit in the mouth. This is bogus. Okay, see, now, now she's moving into the Dvorak realm where I think it gets good. You gotta be kidding me. <laughs> John, do you realize what you're doing to these <laughs> children? I like. Do you realize what you're doing to these poor children? Um, you- yes, improving their lives. <laughs> yes, hold on. This one's doing very well. Are you even listening? <laughs> this is my favorite. <laughs> because that, I'm, I know you say that to everyone, including me. What the me. heck are you even talking about? See, another one? It's Joe. What a piece of crap. <laughs> Drop dead. <laughs> Okie dokie, artichokey. Stop trying to make pod happen. Unbelievable. This is going nowhere. <laughs> Adios, mofos. So I think there's three in there. I think there's a couple good ones. And I think this child will have a bright future. Yeah, she sounds, she's got a clear voice. Yes, which is very way, important. By a big deal. A very big deal. It's very important to have a clear voice if you're going to do this sort of thing. Yep, yep, and yep. a lot of kids, very few kids do. They yeah. mumble. Yeah. And uh, she has a clear voice, which is very important. And she could probably, now that she's all jacked up about doing this, <laughs> she could probably move into voiceovers. And what would be really cool, a kid doing voiceovers. Yeah. That's money in the bank, and it's only short-lived. <laughs> you hear that, Amy? Get on the stick, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Now, this is the kind of fun we have with the children of No Agenda Nation. Out in the rest of the big bad world, like, I don't know, the Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh, this is the kind of fun they like to have. Hi, my name is Priya Dar. I'm one of the doctors at the Center for Adolescent and Young Adult Health here at the Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh. I wanted to talk to you guys today a little bit about puberty blockers. Puberty blockers are basically a medication that says, hey, let's just put a pause on puberty. Um, And that can be really beneficial for younger kids who have already started the puberty process who either might um, go through a lot of psychological distress as they go through puberty if they're uh, struggling with gender dysphoria or for somebody who's saying, hey, I'm not really sure if I feel comfortable in my body or or what gender I truly identify with. Yeah, you can also do that with kids. Yeah, that's actually one of a series. I know. Um, have you seen the CDC, the entire CDC series? No, I'm talking about from that, that hospital, oh. the Children's Hospital has a series of these by that. And I think that woman's doing most of them. I haven't mm-hmm. gotten a hold of no, the no, thing. No, no, the CDC has a series of 20, maybe more, one-minute one clips. About getting your yeah. About getting yeah, what's, puberty... Bl- what's vaginoplasty? By the way, puberty, 
puberty is, yeah, gee, somebody's going through puberty. In other words, their their hormones are changing. They're changing. Their body is changing. Their, their brain, are their dropping, brain is changing. Breasts, their their brain. brain, everything's changing. And oh my God, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Gee, they're having all kinds of, they, they're having some issues with this. Oh, yeah, hello. Do you remember? Okay. So these days, going through puberty means going through this. Oh, what's my gender? What's my pronoun? Back in the day, with the Partridge family, when Danny was going through puberty, you know, they had to cover up for his voice changing. That was, that was the horror of the day. How, how far we've fallen. That woman who did that clip should be shot. <laughs> Careful now. Careful now. Before you know it, we'll be on a list. Okay, she shouldn't be shot. No. She should have her head shaved. And walk and down Main down Street this. naked. Exactly. Yeah. That's that what would we be better. do with them. That's that what I would actually would be better. Yeah. That's, that no will come. Become a martyr. <laughs> that will come. That will happen. Yeah. But it's shameful. It's shameful that somebody would just, it's denialism of the human condition. You yeah. go through puberty. That's what you do. That's where you get your deep voice if you're a male. If you're a podcaster. If you're a podcaster, you, can be <laughs> you get the voice. voice. You if you're a netcaster, you get something else. And now some guys don't have the voice. They stay squeaky. <laughs> no, they don't have the voice. You got to have the voice. If you got the voice, you got the balls. I've got a squeaky voice. I like my squeaky voice. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, it, uh, onward, any more yeah. of these, uh, these little... Uh, little uh, little raps, gems, little gems, little gems. <laughs> no, these are my little gems for now. Uh, I we can choose. I think we should probably do raid stuff since we've not we've gotten through the actual news. Now let's uh, let's find out what's going on. I I thought the funniest, you know, because the M five M now has to punch back at this highly successful move by Trump to uh, position the FBI just as looking like a bunch of dicks. And scary at that. And, and Americans don't like it. Americans do have some kind of, in the back, they think, you know, CIA is different. I think that's hard for most Americans to, to see Plus as because bad. they've done a good, CIA has done a marvelous job of keeping in the, in the shadows. Yes. I mean, that's always been their specialty. That's what they do. Even their, yeah. even their budgets. Now, and, they, and it's always surprised me when we get this guy like this McMullen, Evan McMullen, who is going after Mike Lee. And I have gotten a hold of, and 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 he's doing. A, I think he's doing an excellent job of it. He's got press releases coming up. Mike Lee has one of the worst now. Who's, operations. who's Mike Lee? Mike Lee, the Mike Lee, this conservative Utah senator. Oh, the CIA guy. No, the CIA guy is Evan McMullen. Okay, so Evan McMullen's going after Mike Lee's spot in the Senate. Is that what you're telling yeah. me? Yeah. Okay, so they want Evan so, McMullen's the guy wait, who also ran. He ran, ran for, for president. Pre- yeah. That guy. Oh. So, so Mike Lee, well, he's giving him a run for his money because Mike Lee's operation, I can tell you from experience because I've called them, no. is incompetent and boneheads. And it's, it's got to be Mike Lee's fault, uh, which surprises me because I thought he would, because I saw him on a Trump campaign once and he was like just phenomenal on stage. Hmm. Even though he's very, you know, soft spoken. He was, I started off anti Trump, but he was, became, came around pretty quickly. But his operation sucks. You can't find his press liaison guy. Finally, dug him up on uh, 
through one of the subcommittees. There was, his name was finally there, and I, had, I looked him up on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. and he just was brought on board. He doesn't do anything. So Mike Lee's got some issues, but this Evan McMullen's pulling all the strings. But Evan McMullen, ex-CIA covert operative, Evan undercover. F- From now on, we'll call him Evan the Fed. So Evan the Fed is just bragging about his CIA experience. He's totally uh-huh. alien to me from all the things I've seen about these CIA. I guess they shut up. They don't put themselves out in front and brag about, I was, a cover, I was undercover CIA covert operations, which is what this guy keeps telling everyone. <laughs> a bit like Malcolm Nance. Yeah, he's a little like <laughs> Malcolm Nance. He's full of shit. And so, uh, and he's milk toasty. He's like got no personality that I can tell. And, uh, but he's right, going so how, after. So how does he fit in? How does he fit into the raid and all this? Well, I'm just saying the CIA guys. Ah, okay, I got you. Yes. I, I was making the point that they tend to be in the background, except for this Evan McMullen character, <laughs> yeah. who just goes on and on about being a, a spook. Yeah, which I'm sure this, the, the, they did a strategy session on it. They said, okay, this is how it'll work. People trust us. I'm sure us. they did. People trust us. I don't, but I don't know what they're thinking because it doesn't work for me. But but Mike Lee's operation being such boneheads. Yeah. I mean, I sent it. I called once to get some to get some insight of the way Lee voted. And they said, oh, there's a form. There's no press office. There's a form. You can just go ask and blah, blah, blah. I should read you the letter I got back. Thank you for being a good citizen. It's just some canned piece of shit they sent me back. And I, I clearly identified myself as a member of the media. They don't care. So wait, Mike Lee's wait, wait, got wait, issues. Wait, I, I think we, I'm going to answer all my emails like that. Thank you for being a good citizen. I like yeah. it. I like it. Well, you, you do that anyway. So, yes, but true. the... Uh, uh, so I think they got issues, but but to bring the point back to what I was trying to explain, the CIA doesn't do this. I don't know why they're doing it with this guy. Okay, so the FBI, I think there's enough history. You know, the CIA, people are still like, eh, maybe they killed JFK, but that was a long time ago. FBI, eh, now we know about Hoover and, you know, kind of the history of it and there's been problems. And so I think it's, that's more believable. Well, well, I've got a, I just so happen to have a clip from the last show. Play this clip is really educational. It's the history of the FBI told by an FBI guy in one of the talk shows. Okay, hold on. History of the FBI. Yeah, it, it is It is wholly depressing. Look, it was just a few years ago where the FBI enjoyed favorability ratings, Vlad, of 95% in, 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 in the U.S. public. And obviously, it's not the same now. Look, going back, let's put this all into context. FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover was born in 1895. The FBI began as a as the Bureau of Investigation in 1908, and Hoover was a 29-year-old kid, if you will, in 1924 when he took it over. When he passed in 1972, he had a 48-year run spanning eight different presidents from Calvin Coolidge all the way to Richard Nixon. Congress rightly, after J. Edgar Hoover passed away, decided to put a 10-year term on FBI directors. Director Hoover did many good things, and he also did some insidious things. And we've hoped that we've advanced the ball and gotten better and better as an, as an agency. Look, the 2016 election brought the FBI back into the crosshairs because of the, the charges of 
partisanship or uh, partiality or bias from senior level members. There are 36,000 employees in the FBI, 12,000 FBI agents. I can assure both of you and the viewers of this right now, the vast majority of them are good people, honest brokers. They're following the evidence bereft of fear favor. Yes, there have been some folks in the upper echelons who have put their fingers on the lever. We hope that they've been called to an account. And if there's something involved here, we'll certainly call that out, too. I just think it's too early to make a statement right now on where we are. But I'll caution you this, Vlad. We better have the goods. Mm. Wait, did he say Vlad? Vlad, I guess. Was this a Rus- Russian there. propaganda clip? <laughs> Ends with Vlad. <laughs> I promise you, Vlad. Huh? Huh? All right. So I, I was watching a bunch of other things, and by the way, when they when they talk about the FBI, the code is for the guys, the bad actors. Mm. It's the code is seventh floor. Right. That's that's where uh, the management is. Okay. Hold on yeah. a second. One, I'm going to disagree with this guy. Uh, you know, all this people always well, the, you know, they're not all bad. The Democrats. They're not all bad. The Republicans. They're not all bad. The FBI. Lots of good men and women. The bullshit. These good men and women need to become whistleblowers, and they know it. So you should walk away, find something I, else to I do. I have a total agreement with that. If you are a good guy in the FBI and you see something going on that's illegal, uh, minimally, you should be a whistleblower. You got to be. So that's, but that's not happening. And it's, you know, it's like the same with doctors and same with teachers and everybody who's afraid for their own livelihood, etc. Although we're seeing some of that change now that it comes down to life and death in the medical uh, uh, field. What it could, this could also be taking into account CIA is in control of this White House, was in control of the Obama White House, was in control of the Clinton and the Bush White Houses. It was the CIA in the Bush White House. Um, they maybe want to do away with the FBI once and for all. And, they may, and there may be some, hmm, without really saying that there was uh, obviously no collusion. Any collusion? Between Trump and the CIA. I think it behooves them because they hate the FBI. They think they're full of crap and pussies and Nancys and whatever. And, and, and they've got goods. And the CIA wants to run it all. All of the stuff that Trump has that he declassified, and we talk about that in a second, um, is all about the FBI spying, FBI contractors, FBI having offices at the Democrat lawyer's office, you know, <laughs> FBI targeting people, FBI, FBI, FBI. This is, this is the documentation that Trump wants to put out, and I should probably explain the way I see the situation, is yes, the president can declassify anything and these documents were declassified no redactions but the process there is a legal process is where all the intelligence agencies or the ones that are mentioned in these documents they get to do a redaction or say no they have some kind of veto and that's why this shit has never gotten out even though it's been declassified and maybe you know who knows maybe biden can reclassify whatever it is it's that information that is publicly available. I mean, you can find it. It's just not like an, it doesn't feel like it's the, the official documents or there's a, there's a lot redacted. But you can see how many Americans were spied on um, through the NS. Remember, it was uh, Admiral Keith Alexander, the true whistleblowers, whistleblower, who said, hey, hold on a second. There's FBI contractors in here searching for Americans targeted by subjects and, and from and to 
And uh, we have to stop this. And he did. So that's what the FBI may be the ones on the ropes here. And, And that would kind of explain stories like this from ABC. Oh, man. Yeah, that wait, wait, let me do this. Let's wait. Let's do the one targeting the FBI first. Here we go. This is uh, also ABC. This morning, the investigation into Ricky Schiffer, the man authorities say tried to breach the FBI Cincinnati field office, is focusing on social media posts apparently linked to Schiffer that called for violence in the days after the FBI search at Mar-a-Lago. ABC News has reviewed a series of recent posts to accounts believed to be Schiffer's on former President Trump's social network, Truth Social. The posts call for me? war and for FBI agents to be killed on sight. In one post yesterday, Schiffer appeared to detail his failed attempt to enter the FBI office, writing, it is true, I tried attacking the FBI. Previous social media posts also claim he was present at the U.S. Capitol during the January 6th riot and reportedly mentioned the Proud Boys. Authorities say just after 9 a.m. yesterday, Schiffer, dressed in body armor with an AR-15 and a nail gun, tried to break into the visitor screening facility. Wait, did he say a nail gun? <laughs> yes, this is something that has kind of gotten my attention, too. Body armor. Uh, with- Let's listen to it again, and we'll stop it. Hold on. Yesterday, Schiffer, dressed in body armor with an AR-15 and a nail gun, tried to break into the visitor screening facility. When I say nail gun, that's like a, a bluster gun, you know, with a whole bunch of nails in it, like one of those that... No, uh, it means, what is a nail gun? It's a nail gun. An it's actual na- nail gun. gun. Just pew, yeah. pew. Did he that have, did he have a tank? nails into wood. Did he have a tank with him on his back? Did he have a compressor with him outside? I, it's just beyond me, this nail gun thing, and no one's explained it. They just keep telling us he's got a nail gun. I love what this. What kind of a nail gun? I, I like the idea of starting up a compressor outside, running the hose in, coming in, <laughs> click, click, attach. <laughs> ching, ching, ching. I thought I'd nail a door in while I was here. By the way, I should mention this book. It's called The Wedge by Mark Riebling. Mm-hmm. And it's, it came out in 2002, and it's from Pearl Harbor to 9-11, how the secret war between the FBI and the CIA Ooh. has endangered national security. Ooh, the wedge? Very, the wedge? Very, the we, just wedge. Wedge. Not Ooh. the wedge. Just yeah. wedge. Ooh, who it's wrote this? Famous, who wrote this? This guy, Mark Riebling, who's now at the Manhattan Institute. Uh-huh. And he is a, uh, which is started by Spooks. I have a, con- I have a, a contact there at the Manhattan Institute. Do you know? Yes. Uh, it was, the Manhattan Group was started by William Casey before he became the head of the CIA during the Reagan administration. Wait, that whole outfit's CIA? It seems to be. <laughs> hmm. Maybe. But I'm, it's also neocon. It's a, it's a. Maybe uh, I'm thinking of the wrong one. I thought, I thought it was the, Man, the Manhattan Club, you said Manhattan Group? The Manhattan or? Institute. Manhattan is a think Institute. Tank. It's yeah. a conservative yeah. think yes. tank. Yes. Yeah, I think, uh, I think I know some big donors. Well, that. if it's. Yeah, okay. What? What, what? Yeah, well, you, you say like, okay, like. like, uh, like well, I said, you said you have a thing. I said, okay. No, you went, oh, okay. It doesn't matter. Yeah, was, it doesn't matter. I, I misunderstood. Okay, good. I'll, good you did I, misunderstand. I'm just saying, okay, you probably do have somebody that works. I mean, there's a lot of people in and out of that place. Yeah, we got to get uh, some info from them now. I don't know if we're going to get anything. It's just like, I think it's, I hate, you know me. Drinking club, hello. Well, this uh, is the former, uh, this not the former, this is the Hollywood executive. 
Mark Riebling? No, my friend, the Hollywood executive. <laughs> oh, that guy. Oh, really? What's he yeah. got to do with the Manhattan Institute? Well, hello, this is how I'm going to ask him to find out. Okay. He's conservative. Well, he is a conservative, so. Yeah, he's conservative. It, it is a conservative All right, let's operation. get, so anyway, back to the nail gun. I am reliably informed <laughs> there are modern battery-operated nail guns. Who knew? I need one. Why? What are you going to nail? No, next time, I, it's self-defense. Oh, please. Get me some deer. I don't know. I, I, I need to see a demo of these. AR-15 and a nail gun tried to break into the visitor screening facility. He was unsuccessful when he fled that area. He then fled 60 miles down a highway in a Ford Crown Victoria. They're following a car for the FBI, so they're about seven years. OJ? What the hell is this? This is very weird report in a Crown Victoria. Since when do they mention this anymore? And by a Crown Victoria. This whole, and by the way, so the, the thing about this, I didn't hear this report that you're playing, but the, the couple of things in it. One was he met, he was at this January 6th. Of course, you got to make that association. Yes, of and, course. Which has got nothing to do with the raid in Mar-a-Lago, but okay. And so let's mention it. And then he mentioned, <laughs> he said, he talked about, he mentioned the Proud Boys. What? This is bull crap, this I lo- guy. I love this. So this sounds like they, okay, we need a profile for this perp that we're going to make up. Okay, both, good idea. What do, uh, let me think. The, this kind of guy, I mean, she's a Trumper. Let's think like a Trumper, like a nut job, Crown Victoria. And, uh, okay, that's perfect. Now he's got an AR-15, of course, but let's make him the working man. He's got a nail gun. Love it, both. He's got a nail gun. It's great. Throw in some Proud Boys. Yeah, now we got a profile. Send it off to ABC. With an AR-15 and a nail gun gun tried to break into the visitor screening facility he was unsuccessful when he fled that area he then fled 60 miles down a highway in a ford crown victoria they're following a car for the fbi so there are about seven units i believe on the call. officials were in pursuit when they say the suspect opened fire from his car With officers managed to corner the suspect in the cornfield <laughs> they say they fatally shot him they threw in cornfield. They threw in a cornfield. This is they fantastic. Cornfield, of course. Bullshit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> where, where is he? Where, where did this start? It started in Washington, D.C. Where was it? All right, he's he in the cornfield, boys. Watch out for the nail gun. From his car, officers managed to corner the suspect in the cornfield. They say they fatally shot him after he raised a gun towards officers. The chaos coming just the 24 hours yeah. after the FBI director was asked if he was worried about the violence in the wake of the Mar-a-Lago search. Oh man, I'm 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 exhausted after that report. <laughs> God, wow! <laughs> Feel the dreams even got in there. <laughs> Everything's in there. Everything. So the FBI. It, this is them fighting back. Obviously, hey man, hey man, and you know it's a, these Trump guys, man. They're a bunch of you. Know, they hate the feds. It's no good. And um, oh, let's talk to the let's Betsy get, Ross flag. This all was left out of that report, by the way. Right now, no, no, they've got a new angle. This is ABC News chief investigative reporter. It's not just some slouch, chief investigative reporter. And you know what? These Trumpers, what are they? They're racist. Yep, check. What else are they? They hate authority. They hate America. And they, of course, above all, hate Jews. You, Jews. No, they you hate love Jews. The Ruskies, though. You left the Ruskies. No, I'm sorry. I was going for a crescendo of Jews. Well, it's very, very difficult. This is all in a polarized environment, which this environment right now is so dangerous and delicate. And there's it's so supercharged with calls for violence. That's why I think, as somebody who's been watching this for years, this attorney general must have really you know, scrutinized this 
question of going in for a search and then bringing it to a judge this week. That's why I personally don't think, based on my knowing this attorney general and our covering of him, that he's somebody who would have allowed this to happen in a rash way because he had to know as that as soon as this happened, it would supercharge a supercharged environment. And in fact, that's what we saw. As soon as President Trump put out confirmation on Monday that the raid had been done and was underway, we immediately started seeing factions on the far right, neo-Nazis, white supremacists, militia organizers calling for violence as they always have done against Jews. The attorney general's Jews against the FBI, federal law enforcement, against other perceived enemies, enemies they perceived to be enemies of President Trump. It was like clockwork. And then by the next morning, there was already a body of evidence online of this really ugly, terrible, violent rhetoric that had law enforcement incredibly concerned. You cannot believe for a second that the attorney general and his senior staff at the Justice Department, that they at all were blind to what was going to happen yeah, in the wake of this type of a search. Donald loves Nazis. Donald loves Nazis. CNN say that he's KKK and he shouts sick hail with it. Wow. <sighs> So I'm, I'm trying to do what I was going to do for the news. Ah, times ran, it ran out. I was going to do a uh, Merrick Garland, Barney Fife separated at birth <laughs> pictures. Does anyone still know who Barney Fife is, though? Yeah, I think he's, a, you think he's stuck think he's in the timeless? American... You think he's timeless? I think like he's Elvis? pretty close to being timeless with his mm, one bullet, you know, mm, kind of maybe, thing. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I know. I, so I didn't I didn't do it. But but he does look like Barney Fife, the, you know, the, the hapless <laughs> deputy for the Mayberry RFD show or whatever Andy Griffith show. Let's stick with the with these horrible Trump Jew haters who clearly are targeting the FBI. Did the which, Jew thing come in out of the blue? Yeah, because Garland is a Jew. Didn't you know that? Okay, oh, all the Trumpers right. Garland is a Jew. Yeah, that's yes. what it is, everybody. That's, that's why what they're it doing. Is. It has nothing sure. to do with anything else. Now. If you really want to know why they're doing this, Mika Brzezinski from the Morning Blow Show, she knows exactly why these crazy Trumpers are doing this. ...absconded from the White House with top secret classified information about nuclear secrets. While you're there on the subject of -hmm. of people on television, just you ask how stupid his followers are. In terms of those people, they're not stupid. No, they know exactly what they're doing. They're lying. They know the election was stolen. They know January 6th was an assault on our Capitol. And did you catch what she said? Yeah, she says she knows the election was. Did they know the election was stolen? Yeah, the I know truth that was a comes flub. Out, they're lying. Jesus. They know the, the election right was it. stolen. They know January six was an assault on our capital. But how does that happen? Who are you listening to? That that is the program that spits out when you clearly meant to say it was not stolen. You know, I, I don't know what she's thinking. All right. Well, not much. Um, so let's go to CBS this morning. A quick little update on what the. Uh, on why the- is she on the air? Why is that woman? Why does she have a job? Well, no, that's not fair. Yeah, it is. Why does she have a job to keep us 
uh, enveloped okay. in okay. Yeah, well, endless I guess entertainment. It does work. It works. Yes. Hey, they're paying for not us. It makes the show great. The newly unsealed warrant authorizing the search of former President Trump's Florida home reveals FBI agents removed 11 sets of highly classified Woo! documents, including some marked top secret, top secret and some only meant to be viewed in secure government areas. Skiff. Also removed 20 plus boxes of items, binders of photos, the executive grant of clemency for Trump ally Roger Stone and info about the president of France. John Bolton served as Trump's national security advisor. He's now a critic of Trump. Well, I thought he handled them carelessly. I don't think he fully appreciated the significance of the classification procedures. Far more telling than what was seized, says attorney Jessica Levinson, is what the warrant suggests. What they need is probable cause that there was a federal crime that was committed and probable cause that the evidence of that crime is where they say it was, in this case, at Mar-a-Lago. Agents executed the warrant at Mar-a-Lago Monday after a back and forth between the FBI and Trump over documents starting in the spring. They were seen carrying several boxes from the estate. The search has sparked a wave of violent threats against the Justice Department and the FBI, as well as a political backlash from Republicans. I see no evidence of a wave. So there's a number of things I think are, are interesting. One, I think the taking of the Roger Stone clemency document yeah. was a souvenir. So one of the agents will have that in their office in the frame. <laughs> what? Uh, How sick are you if that's your souvenir? I mean, Melania's panties, that would be cool. But, you know, okay, well, I, take hey, this Roger They Stone were in thing. there for nine and a half hours and they wouldn't <laughs> allow the lawyer to be around. They have Melania's panties. There is no doubt about it. Now, they do. They have them. I don't think there's any question about it. No, and, you, you know, she's going to say, where's my where's my red ones? I, where'd they go? Maybe they're at the dry cleaners. Anyway. There was some guy, so, on, there was some guy on TikTok, and he and he had a, he prepped a whole box that he bought off eBay. He said, look, it's Melania's panties. And there was a little note in there from the FBI. <laughs> it's good. You know, like the note you sometimes used to get in your luggage, you know, because TSA yeah, from would, TSA, oh, hey, we, we went yeah. through your shit, man. We went through your luggage. <laughs> yeah. Now, the other thing is, I think <laughs> the, the, there's some, the only thing that's a discrepant besides the uh, the stone uh, clemency thing, which is a which is a collectible. Um, <laughs> is, <laughs> it's a, said the archivist, it's a collectible. Uh, it, it's a total collectible. Well, wait a minute, is it? I mean, is that a, is it like an original document, like the Constitution? Is it written yeah. on parchment? I mean, why is that it so collectible? It's signed. By, you got a signature. You got a, it's a collect. It's a super collectible. Oh, okay. It's, it's but now let's go back to the one thing. That, what's the discrepant thing in there? The Macron files. Why are the? Yeah. What has he got those for? I think Macron's the CIA front man, and it was all documented in there, and they had to get that back. That's the reason for the whole thing is to save Macron's ass. Huh. It's the only wow. thing along the list that doesn't make any sense. Wait, was that in Why my was that in he, my clip? The one I just played? It, they did mention it in there, but they mentioned it a lot. They had the, huh. Emmanuel Macron did some dossier on the guy. What is it? What's in it? It's that he's a CIA hmm. spook. He's a front man, and ah. that's the last thing the French need to find out about. That would really ruin the coalition over there, wouldn't it? Yep, that would be a real big problem, huh? Oh, that's a good little piece of little nugget. 
You know, it's just a supposition, obviously, but it's the only thing that makes sense to me. What, what's, what has he got the Macron stuff for in the first place, and why are they trying to get it back? I love the whole nuclear codes. You know, when yeah, I hear that, smoke screen. No, but listen, think of it. This is this is so pathetic. Just let's just think logically. Trump. Let's say Trump had some classified secret nuclear documents. This is not 1958. You know, <laughs> Russia has kick-ass nuclear shit. Oh, wait, Trump has one that's bigger? That's, that's some bomb that's even better? And this is like some huge secret that, oh, let's not let... Everyone has a nuke these days. So it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a good point. And they're emphasizing it. The, the Democrat talk show guys are emphasizing it as though it's some... Who gi- it's like, who gives a shit? You yeah. Know? The North Koreans have a bomb. What's flying? Is there an airplane buzzing your house? You know, it's the coal train. It's the first oh. time it's gone through on the, on a show day, and it <laughs> it does make an unbelievable racket. Is the window closed? They, yeah, everything's buttoned up. What do you They're live by the tracks, man? Where do you live? You live on some kind of uh, like a, the I'm wrong on a side hill, of the track. but the the, the the tracks are down at the bottom of the mm. hill. You can see them. Uh. But the coal train, here's what happened. Somebody explained it to me when I went to the model train exhibit exhibit that was open to the public for one day. This guy had all the trains from around here. And I said, hey, this is the train that goes by my house. He says, you know, he's a fat guy, obviously. Obviously. He's he's a (laughs) train guy. And he told me about these coal trains. And so what they do, we're shipping half of our coal by the... By these, you heard the cars go yeah. by. Those were empty. That's why they made so much noise. Yeah. There was empty coal carriers, and they they pack they they save them at the side of the tracks here, and then they send them back to the mines. Then they ship them to Oakland, and all the coal gets shipped to China. We're wow. shipping coal to China like there's no tomorrow. That's crazy. Most of the coal, our coal, is going out of the country. We're not using it ourselves. It's like everything else. We're shipping our beef out of the country. We're shipping our coal out of the country. All aboard. Train's good. Plane's bad. But you heard those cars go by. That was a racket. Because they're all empty going. They're going back to uh, go pick up some coal. Now, was that clean coal? Could you tell? Was it clean? We only have. We have. Most of our coal is pretty clean. (laughs) It's just clean. Uh, It's a weird world, man. When we can't have the coal, we're shipping it off to China. It makes so much sense. And with that, I'd like to thank you for your courage. Say in the morning to you, the man who put the C in the classified documents. Ladies and gentlemen, hello to my friend on the other end, Mr. John C. Dvorak. Well, in the morning to you, Mr. Adam Curry, there's a cannon. In the morning to you, Mr. Adam Curry, in the morning to all ships, sea boots, and ground feet, in the air, subs, in the water, and all the dames and knights out there. Yes, in the morning to all of our producers. Uh, there are many of them. Thank you all so much for supporting us with your time, your talent, your treasure. Uh, we're coming up on 15 years and 1,500 episodes. So proud of the work that all of our producers have done once again today. Uh, and in the morning to the trolls in the troll room who are always there to hang out. And, uh, well, you, you could actually join them. It's quite simple. If you go to trollroom.io, you'll see exactly. You can hear the, the show live if it's on Thursday or Sunday. But that no agenda stream that rolls, 
It's 24-7. There's tons of live shows. They have their own apps that have all kinds of extra functionality. So you can actually just listen and troll along in one of the new apps. Find it at newpodcastapps.com. Let's see how many trolls we have in there today. Come on, trolls, scurry away. I'm feeling good about this. 24-16. Somehow this feels like a good number. Is that not a good number? It's a good number, right? Well, the... the, the it's it's a it's, it's getting back it's getting to normal. Better. It's getting well. It's good. It needs to be twenty seven hundred before you should feel good. Okay. Well, now at least I know when to feel good. Yeah. I feel real good about being on noagendasocial dot com. Good news, everybody. We are about to purge. I think three thousand accounts. Some like twenty seven hundred or something like that. It might be three thousand by the time we're done. From the 10,000 allotment that we have limited ourselves to, these are accounts that have not been active, no login for over a year. So if you're squatting, you're going to be out of luck. You may already be out of luck. Well, a lot of them have lost their password. Yeah, David, uh, uh, Dana Brunetti is a good example. He was on there and he lost his password and then tried to go to the password recovery process, which I tried to do. And it doesn't work because nobody cares about it. And so um, have, so they stop logging in and they quit. And so they get bounced okay. out, out to get okay. a new account. So uh, the password retrieval works just as well or as, as shitty as any other password retrieval system. Uh, that would be dependent upon the email service provider you use. It comes from Mailgun. It's an accepted SMTV, SMTP uh, you can, you can, provider. You can. So I'm just saying, don't say it doesn't work. Plenty of people have no problem getting it to work. I never got it to work. Yeah. John, I know. You're special. But please don't spread fake news. It's, fa- it's not fake it's news. fake news. You said it doesn't work. Nobody cares. That's really insulting. I think I'll bet you. I, I, I'm asking people out there who joined No Agenda Social that could not get on and they haven't been logged on for the last year and so they're going to get booted i want you to write to adam at curry.com and tell him what you think about what yeah. he just and said. uh so everybody go ahead right now everyone who's on noagendasocial.com there's about six seven thousand of you please uh, ask for your password reset you don't have to do anything forward that to john at dvorak.org so he can see that it works i'm not talking about password reset i'm talking about password recovery same thing no Oh, gee, you are an unbelievable, unbelievable man. Well, if you want to think that recovery and reset is the same thing, fine. Okay, John. It's recovery, password recovery. You you take my breath away sometimes with how you can stop me in my tracks. Well, I'm just saying, you've lost uh, 2,000-some... Users, I think a lot of them is because they couldn't get on. Okay, first of all, I didn't lose anything. This is our producer resource. These are people who just didn't come back. But to say that that's because they can't recover their password is just bullshit. Some well, may have it, but the, the recovery system works. Not for you, I get it. Not for Dana Brunetti. I get a lot of people who can retrieve the password, but they forgot their two-factor authentication or they changed their email or lots of other things. That happens. Or they don't remember the email they used. This is the most common. That's, in fact, why you didn't get your recover, but I didn't want to embarrass you. You were using the wrong email address. I use the same email for everything. So, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, I'm very happy with the artwork that we selected for episode 1476, which we titled Woke Waver. 
there were some good choices. This was uh, the one we chose was Dame Kenny Ben. We re- now we know that she licenses her rats, so we knew the rat was good. But she added an FBI hat and the whole idea of a classified rat trap with some tasty Trump cheese under there. Uh, I think that was it was very well done. We were very pleased. I noticed with it. that on No Agenda Social, that the comic strip blogger is now on the process of predicting winners uh, <laughs> oh, in really? advance of the show's actual selection, and he picked this one to be a loser. He thought it was too <laughs> gruesome because we, I have my gruesome really? uh, scale. You know, I said I don't want to put anything that's just gruesome, and he thought the rat was too gruesome to be picked. Really? I no, I, I don't see that at all. Hmm, yeah, so I felt the same way. I didn't think it was gruesome. Now, I kind of like the one uh, over from that, the not raid political spray. You didn't like that. You thought that was, you thought that was gross, if I recall. No, I didn't think it was gross. I just didn't think it was artsy. Hmm. Okay. I mean, Dame Kenny Benz is dimensional. She's got a very good yeah. licensed rat that's very well done. And then <laughs> in the background, a the whole rat. thing is beautiful. <laughs> a licensed it's a licensed rat. rat. <laughs> hey, our producers come with their rats licensed, okay? So shove off. Um, I kind of like the Banana Joes. We had two of them, one by Tantanil, Banana Joe, just the label. And oh, she did both of those, I guess. Kind of yeah. like those. You didn't like them. No, I did. I liked the Banana Joe too. <laughs> that's the one. Biden. That's the one I said we should do, and then you went, "Nah, the rat's better." That's what you said. You pushed the I rat. I agree with that. I did say that. I did like it. I liked it, but I, the rat was better. No. Was there anything else that we looked at? I don't think so. I, I thought it was a paucity. I didn't think there was that many great pieces. Um. And then there's the butt sniffing. Come on, people. Is that that what that's new, isn't it? The butt sniffing. I think that's no. New the butt stuff. sniffing was there. Why? What did we have a butt sniff? Oh, yeah, you had a clip with butt sniff. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's you know what's it's it's kind of unclear when you look at it. Like, what am I looking at here? Oral remedy, which was kind of I used that for this morning's pre art, and that's a comic strip blogger. I'm not exactly sure what it is. I like oral remedy guaranteed to shrink your amygdala, but I, I can't see. What is it? Is it like a flaming lipstick or what do you think that I is? it was a bottle of cough syrup. It doesn't look like a bottle. Oh, it, yeah, I guess it is. Ugh, it's poorly done. Still got. Well, then why'd you pick it? <laughs> well, yeah, what, I was going to pick the, the No Agenda XLSX file, which, by the way, people found hilarious. Where's that? No, not the art. They found a... Uh, our Excel conversation. <laughs> Apparently that oh, hit, yeah. that oh, hit that the funny one, yeah. bone. I don't know why people think that's so funny. It's very frustrating for both of us. And I will say, as we uh, thank uh, Dame Kenny Ben for providing us the artwork and remind you that anyone can participate in this, go to noagendaartgenerator.com. And why don't you follow Adam at noagendasocial.com, John C. Dvorak at noagendasocial.com from any Mastodon server that you have a password to and can get it through the recovery process. Uh, follow us, and you'll see all of these things appear. You'll eat probably eventually the Fediverse will start giving you comic strip bloggers predictions. <laughs> now, in order to thank our, bless you, our executive and associate executive producers, I have to say, I have uh, a problem with the new Excel, which I now am running the new Excel, and I and as we were, you and I were going through this problem of the formatting the cells. 
um, it no longer does it properly. It literally will not fit certain cells, uh, the the text of certain uh, cells into the cell, and it does not format them properly when you do the old format trick. Yeah, because it does. It's not on there. But you, I'll tell you one thing: you can do. You can double click on the cell, okay. and it blows it out to the full size. Yeah, and then if you click on then if you click on the column E next to it, yeah. it'll grow it and it, it, it actually works out that way, if it works at all. Yeah, no, it doesn't because I'm sitting now, it doesn't show the top of it. I'm looking at one right now. So it shows you the bottom, but not the, it's a mess. Excel sucks balls. I'm going to have to load open stuff on here. Libra. Long live Libra. This is horrible. And and I really appreciate <laughs> I appreciate producers who say, All right, I know how to fix this. You know, I see the problem, we can get it all and we'll do it in one big web interface and then it'll be perfect. It'll suck it in automatically, it'll spit it out. You got a website, you got a private thing. Dude, <laughs> dude, we've been trying to do this for fifteen years. <laughs> for fifteen years. And usually it'll be PayPal that screws it up. Oh, they changed something in their API. Oh, this doesn't work. But you know what? It's cause people are not con- we, we accept uh, from anywhere. So people use different email addresses, different identifiers, switcheroos. No, it's a manual process. Eric the Shield does a lot of work uh, to manage it. And uh, I think we do pretty darn well. And I'm very, I'm very proud of how everyone participates in this sometimes train wreck. Sometimes. All right, let's thank our executive producer, shall we? Sure. Kristen McChesney kicks it off from Baytown, Texan. Texan, Texas, uh, an interesting amount, 816.85. Oh, this donation is, is to celebrate Zach's birthday. Please give credit to Zach Simon and deduce him. Oh, hold on a second. Let's get the, uh, where's my deduce? You've been deduced. Okay, well, this is good. Uh, we love the show and knew this would be an appropriate gift. A path to knighthood. Love you, babe. Jingles. He would like some ants. I will give you a little bit of ants. Would like a biscuit for his birthday. And a little noodle gun, which he calls the pasta gun. Okay, let's kick those off for you. Happy birthday, Zach. Switcheroo has been achieved. I got ants. I got ants. Uh, I don't know if he They always any, give like, me a biscuit on my birthday. In the face with my noodle gun, you racist piece of shit. I got my pasta glock locked and loaded. All right, onward with a note that's too long from Justin Polgar. Uh, in Santa Cruz, he gave four six eight seven six. I'm sorry, four five six seven eight, which is a great number. And I'm going to can. I'm going to shorten his note, uh, is because he's got just a bunch of plugs for stuff in here. Uh, he does need a dedouching. You've been dedouched. The donation amount corresponds to the number of hours my amygdala has been massaged by the best podcast in the universe. Thank you. And the third plug, which is the plug we're going to give him, which is the only important one. Is I am a chocolate maker in Santa Cruz, California, or ca- Camaradafornia. <laughs> and guess what? I make 100% guaranteed amygdala shrinking chocolate. Each bar is full of adaptogens, super herbs, and botanicals. Mm. 
clean AF, carefully formulated so you can grab life by the bars. <laughs> hey! The Bliss Out flavor goes great with Bordeaux wine. Hint, hint, mm-hmm. JCD. Mm. The brain power is the bestseller. The source field was designed with two doctors to neutralize spike proteins. When it comes to chocolate, we don't screw around. Head over to Yes Cow, Y-E-S-C-A, uh, Cacao, Yes Cacao, Y-E-S-C-A-C-A-O.com. ITM will get you a delicious discount. Oh. Uh, and I will say... Uh, jingles here he's got some jingles he wants and he says he's going to send me some chocolate and not to worry it won't be loaded with dope um <laughs> why not well don't send that to me send it send him the one with the uh this reminds me of the time uh i'll tell that story later uh so he wants to climate gate obama mariachi and pretty please cherry popping house buying karma for me my keeper and two human resources love is lit yes emotion Okay, you know what? No, 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 Robert Simpson is next uh, from Argyle, New York, 345.67. Love these sequential numbers. It's a thing today. In the morning, Adam and John, first, like, take care, take care of some unpleasantries. I, <laughs> I need to call out our dear friends Susan and Paul as they are great people, but unfortunately as douchebags. Susan? Douchebag. And Paul. And Paul. Douchebag. I'd also like to thank you both. As my wife and I often listen in the car, and it'd take us about four and a half hours to get through one show. As we, Oh, as we are often stopping your deconstruction to then discuss our own deconstruction of your clips. It's great fun. I think that it's extremely healthy to our relationship. 30 years of marriage and counting. Sorry, Adam. We've had a few fights. And my wife, Cheryl, is the undisputed, undefeated champ. Uh, yeah, that's why you're still married, bro. You got to let him win. Finally, I'd like to request some jobs karma for our son, Ian, a recent graduate of Purdue in aerospace engineering. Boiler up! Sincerely, Rob Simpson from Argyle, New York. You got it. Jobs, 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 and jobs. Let's vote for jobs! You thought karma. And now we move to Tigard, Oregon. Or, yeah, Tigard. From Tim Essau, I think. We had a politician with that name and Esau. But uh, three, four, five, six, seven, another uh, series of numbers. And, and she, he's in Oregon. Greetings, Potfather, Crackpot. This donation completes my knighthood. I wanted to claim it before I leave Oregon, the, the Oregon Local 33 region. This donation was made via earnings from running, from running monitors at a Tommy Two Tone show in Ridgefield, Washington. Nice. Would humbly request the title <clears throat> Certainty. <coughs> As Sir Certainty sounds like a stutter. Certainty. 
as you will, uh, jingle requests, shape-shifting Jews, WT7, TT7, TT7 won't go away. Blue Girl, yay. ITM citizens. Tim, uh, finally, certainty. Peace. I don't think we have an in-the-morning citizen. We have... Uh, don't we have... Uh, we have uh, Maybe he's just saying that to us. <laughs> Possibly. Dude. Yes, citizen, you may return to your harpsichord. (laughs) Just threw in. (laughs) We had a citizen in there somewhere. All right, good. We will see you um, as Sir Tanti. Sir Tanti will be up on the podium later. Charles Hickman is in Grove City, Ohio. One of our favorite donation amounts, 333.33. He says, column F checking in. I went to pick up pizza the other day, and the lady helping me had 333 tattooed on her. I knew it was time to donate. Maybe it was time to date. Did you talk to her? Did you hit her up? Did you ask her? Give me some jobs, Karma. what the 333 represented. I, that's what I'm saying. I'd like to know what that was about. Give me some jobs, Karma. I love arguments over Excel spreadsheets. Keep it up. Jobs, <laughs> jobs, jobs, and jobs. Let's vote for jobs. Yeah! You got Karma. No problem. We love arguing. Sir Largeman, Baron of Bali. Bali. 333.33. He's in London, UK, or Bali, one of the two. ITM, John and Adam, Sir Andrew Largeman here. My father is in the ICU with pneumonia. Oh, no. And in grave condition. He needs a dose of almighty no agenda health karma, please. Thank you, Sir Andrew, Baron of Bali. Okay. We're going to throw in a goat there for you to make sure it works. You've got... Karma. Up next, David Stolte from Brandonson, Florida. 333. The 333s are in the air today. Hello, Jens from Brandonson, Florida. It's my birthday on the 21st of August, so add me to the list. Done. I'm at least a night and having donated $4 a week since 2010. So call me Sir Unaffiliated of the Long Term. By the way, my buddy Don, he's a douchebag. Douchebag. Uh, here's just a short note, some jingle requests. Boom, shakalaka. A little bit of, uh, oh my goodness, do we have that? The uh, Abdul Bakar Baghdadi. Yeah, I think we have that somewhere. I got that. That's the that's the Trump thing. Uh, what else is needed? Um, we have... I'm surprised someone has has an S for boom, boom, bing, bing, bong, bong. Oh, that's another good one. Yeah, that's another good one. Um, A little bit of ants. Wait, oh, another ants. Okay. Uh, And some yak karma. Okay, we can do all that. Bingo, boom, 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 boom. Last night, the United States brought the world's number one terrorist leader to justice. Abu (laughs) Bakar. Al Baghdadi. Abu, Abu, Bakar, Bakar. Abu, Abu, Bakar. Baghdadi. Abu, Abu, Bakar, Bakar. Abu, Abu, Bakar. The United States. I got ants. I got ants. You've got. Karma. Chris Grimole, 
or Grimoli. I can't see if that's an I or an L, but it looks like an Grimole, L. Grimoli, I think in, it's a Grimoli. In yeah. Kingston, New York, 333. ITM, gentlemen, today is my 50th birthday, and I realize I have been a douchebag and freeloader in 2022. There's a lot of you out there. Mm-hmm. So I am celebrating my birthday with my first executive producership, which will also bring me to knighthood, accounting blow. But please knight me, Sir Chris of the Catskills. Jingle request. Shut up already. It's science. No. Two to the head and little girl, yay. The show continues to be the best podcast in the universe and has provided many years of entertainment and sanity. Your media deconstruction is top notch and I can't get enough. I can't express enough gratitude for all you do. Please give me a big dose of karma for the no, for the whole knowledge and the universe. Love is lit. Chris Mole, Sir Chris of the Catskills. Shut later. up already. It's science. No. Yay! <laughs> You've got karma. Interesting little sequence. Uh, Dame Slamey is in Bastrop, Texas. 280.08. It's double boobs. Two boobs. Uh, in the morning, gents. Oh, switcheroo. Please credit this to my kick-ass husband, Sir Dudenchink. Dudechink. 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 And put him on the birthday list for the show day, August 14th. Jingles. New information, man. Okay, we got that one. A birthday biscuit. Uh, goat karma. Love is lit. Thank you for your courage. Dame slay me. I've got information, man. New shit has come to light. They always give me a biscuit on my birthday. You've got <laughs> karma. What a nice That was our first associate executive producer. We have our second one is Adam Carter from Wales, Wisconsin at 250. Mm-hmm. This donation is on behalf of my parents' 39th anniversary uh-huh. in honor of them never having a fight <laughs> and staying safe for so long. I'm requesting you raise a glass of your finest L Sharpton jingle. 39 years ain't no joke. Love you both. Well, I think, uh, let me see, I think uh, respect is in order, probably, for them, for these two. So let's roll that out. Stacy! R-E-S-P-I-C-T. Beautiful. And we raise our glass. Uh, then we have uh, Renee Sislo, Rotunda West, Florida, 23456. Oh, man, the sequences are great. Need jobs, Karma, please. Interviewing for my dream job, hoping I can get an exemption for the mandatory jab. I think so. There's no reason you, you just print out the CDC and say, uh, there's no difference. We're on equal footing now. There is no need for a mandatory jab. You are in violation of all human existence. Uh, so, yes, jobs, karma. Jobs, 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 and jobs. Let's vote for jobs. You've got karma. Ann Dunev in St. Charles, Illinois. Row of ducks, 222.22. My birthday is on a show day, August 14th, so I'm donating to the No Agenda, the gift that keeps on giving to all the producers. So enjoy the ringside seat you provide to the circus created by the globalists and social engineers. Love is lit. People are getting pretty creative. Here, Mario Vasquez is in Lake Orion, Michigan. Also a row of ducks, 222.22, quack. In the morning, gentlemen, this is a switcheroo for my beautiful wife, Shayla. Today is her birthday, and this, this 
not the diamond bracelet, not the Gucci bag. No, not not the Bentley. No, this donation is the perfect gift. Please de-douche her. You've been de-douched. And could she please have a biscuit for her birthday and a Obama's You Might Die jingle? They always give me a biscuit on my birthday. You, you might die. Not quite sure why you had it's a good one. It was except for the morbid idea. Yeah, it was a beautiful gift. Uh, uh, Joshua Collett in Grand Junction, Colorado, two hundred three thirty three. ITM gents, first time donor here, wanted to offer my services as a former Microsoft expert to John. Here you- <laughs> I'll see if I can't help him with his Excel problems. I wanted to call. I, I put you on the list. I put you on the list. You're on my list of experts to yes, call when I need definitely, help. Definitely. I'll see if I can help him with his Excel problems. I wanted to call out my coworker, Paul, douche for being bag. a douchebag. Yes, yes, he's a douchebag. I had to beat him to donating first. I guess the bald head didn't help him donate faster. <laughs> Ooh, Ooh, bald Paul. Ooh, follicle joke. Uh, anyway, love the show and all you do. Thanks for your courage. And can I get the ants jingle? Thanks uh, much, gents. Hey, man, like, you know, you know, he might be suffering from alopecia, okay? You know, that's very, yeah, a- I don't very ableist. Get by his ableist. Husband. Ableist. I got ants. I got ants. You've got. Karma. Ants and a goat, apparently. Oh, let's see. Delcina Ramsey, Columbus, Georgia. 201. Thank you. Thank you for having a listening platform where you take the time to pay attention and discuss things in a way that I can follow. Ooh, John, I like that. We have a, we have a listening platform. It's a listening platform. I like that. I'm going to write that down, a listening platform. You know, it sounds expensive. What do you do uh, since you left MTV? Oh, I have a listening platform. Oh, it's cool. I appreciate every time you take a moment to define and explain things. Happy anniversary, T. C, I hope we have many more. TC, I guess it is. Oh, that's very nice. Okay, Delcina. And that is a concludes oh, that's our. It. Uh, oh, that's it. That is our broadcast. Our day. associate executive yeah. producers, executive producers for show fourteen seventy seven. Want to thank every one of them for giving us a uh, uh, support. We need the support. We got it. We take support in many forms, time, talent, and treasure. Many people contribute to these podcasts. The episodes are chock full with inputs that we get from all around No Agenda Nation, lovingly known as Gitmo Nation. These are the executive and associate executive producers of episode 1477. The credits are real. Go look on LinkedIn. Go look on IMDb. See if you see no agenda producer credits. They're in there and they are recognized and important as such. If you'd like to learn how to become a producer, we have a website. Go here. Dvorak.org slash N-A. And thank you all very much for producing episode 1477 of the No Agenda Show. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. All right. So where do we go from here? Uh, well, we can. How about um, how, how about, about 
climate Since change? We were talking about the, the break-in and all the rest. I do have a Trump analysis from NPR. Oh, good. Which will definitely give us a slant that we're looking for. Okay. Uh, this is a Trump NPR analysis. We're going to start today by taking a closer look at a story that dominated news coverage this week, the FBI search of former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate. Yesterday, a federal judge in Florida unsealed the documents related to the search. Those documents show that FBI agents were looking for evidence related to possible violations of federal law, and they seized items that included government documents identified as classified and top secret. Before information about the reason for the search became public, though, Trump allies reacted with outrage with some office holders making demands to rein in and even defund the FBI. But some Trump supporters went even further, reacting with violent rhetoric and conspiracies, some of whom went so far as to liken the FBI to Nazi Germany. And on Thursday, an armed man attempted to attack an FBI field office in Ohio. While authorities have not yet identified a motive, officially anyway, social media accounts under the suspect's name show violent threats in response to the FBI search at Mar-a-Lago. We wanted to make sense of this kind of violence and ways to address it. So we've called Brian Murphy. He is a former top Department of Homeland Security official where he focused on intelligence and counterterrorism. And he's long sounded the alarm on the rise of domestic extremism. Brian Murphy, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Michelle. Thanks for having me. I love this. Um, the part that I liked about this is, uh, you know, they called the FBI like Nazis. How does that work with the Jew analogy? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, well, the, the Jew analysis, by the way, when you played that clip, was just out of the blue. It's got nothing to do with anything. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, except he, for Garland, I guess. So you always just, you but know. I, here's what I'm saying: uh, Trumpers, Proud Boys, they're all seen as Nazis, Nazis, fascists, neo Nazis. But yet they're calling the FBI Nazis. Come on, everybody's a Nazi. Yeah. All right, let's go on with this guy. So I want to mention that you spent some years at the FBI before joining Homeland Security. I wanted to ask you what stood out to you (laughs) about the attack on that FBI field office. What did you notice? So what stood out to me about this attack is just the the level of rhetoric is uh, something I've never seen, whether it was in the FBI, DHS, or at the uh, private company that I'm at now. How do you gauge the the volume of it? Is it the fact that it went to that level so quickly in response to so little information? Is it like the number of people who seem to want to participate in that kind of dialogue? How do you gauge the volume of something like that? I, I think you kind of touched on two of the ways. One, it's just the the number, uh, and so you know, in the company I'm at now, we have the I have the benefit of looking at a diverse set of social media uh, platforms, and from a wide range of those, we just saw the you know almost right after the uh, search was announced publicly, the number of people talking about uh, very violent things against the FBI. Uh, I thought that was very alarming. One of the things that interests me is that these individuals are continually sort of described as lone wolves, as it were, you know, that the sort of implication is, is that, you know, this is just an individual who took it under his own, you know, 
under his own authority to go act in a, in a certain way. Like I'm thinking about the Comet Pizza incident, which, you know, because we're in Washington, D.C., where this man decided that people weren't adequately responding to it, despite the fact that we have thousands of law enforcement officials in Washington, D.C., sworn law enforcement officers. He decided that he alone had to rescue, fic- you know, f- fictional children from, you know, child pr- uh, child predator ring, which, of course, is ridiculous, didn't happen. But he took a, a weapon into a, a, a crowded pizza restaurant and he could have killed somebody. Holy crap. What is she bringing into this? Co- Hold on a second. I'm glad the lone wolves are back. What is she bringing into this? I, you know, I, I listened and heard the same thing as like, okay. Yeah. Uh, so now, now it's the, now it's a, the, there's a lot of the messaging pizza? here. One, don't forget, I'm going to give you some messaging. Okay. We have thousands and thousands of cops in Washington, <laughs> D.C. They're yeah. everywhere. In yeah. fact, the whole place is crawling with them. Make, make a note of that. Uh, what else was there in there? There's a bunch of really dubious things to push. There's narratives here they're trying to organize, and it's like the lone wolf one is back because the lone wolf one explains the fact that no one knew of the, you know, they... These, yeah, all that it's not intel, coordinated. The fact that we're being spied on yeah. constantly. We Nobody can figure out anything that's going on. Okay, well, it's good work. So let's go on. Now, this one, this next clip has got a, a little item in here. Okay. Over and over again, we seem to see these as individuals. And I just wonder, why do we keep seeing these as individuals? I mean, is it, is it, you know, it seems like when other people engage in this kind of conduct, we see them as part of a broader movement. Is there a way to... Should we should we change our thinking about this? Yeah, I, I think uh, I know I have. Um, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I don't think it about the individuals anymore. I think about the narrative. And what we're looking at is how these narratives coalesce in really these filter bubbles of the like-minded. And from these narratives, you'll start seeing a sub-narrative, which will be the more violent people encouraging each other, right? So there's a subtext that develops where you get the, the truly violent people who are encouraging each other. And then... Oh, man. If you, like me, are getting dizzy from this, just look at the ground. It will all go away. This is, <laughs> it's just information. It's just it's just people blah, blah. This is This is... This is, uh, what is the war term I'm looking It's uh, elitaire. You know, it's um, it's like th- these people don't have enough worry in their life. They're making shit up. How, well, it's lone wolves, but can't we force them into a group? I don't know, like uh, Trump. It's just, it's so obvious. I find it baffling myself. So here we go, this rap. Encouraging each other and then... More and more, we see the switch over from social media into the real world where real physical violence occurs. And that is, you know, you can't, I can't say it's a guarantee every time, but it certainly is happening almost every time where we see that frequency of a switch over into the physical world. Um, it's, you can almost predict it, unfortunately. Does there seem to be sort of a collectively urgent response to this among law enforcement and frankly citizens across the country because these seem to keep popping up in different places and i just wonder is there a sense of urgency around this 
I, well, I don't. I don't know if I would say there's this sense of urgency that I would agree with. But what I have seen over you know a decade plus is there has been a shift, which gives us hope. I do believe both within the executive branch believe. and also uh, at social media companies. And I'm not going to give them a pass either. But I, I think they're doing more than they were just you know a year ago. So uh, I think on, you know we, we're on a good. Path. It's just that we're not, as we described a little bit earlier, it's not urgent enough, at least for where I think we need to be. <laughs> um, I, I sent this to you. I don't know if you probably didn't read all four parts. It was hard enough for me to get through it. Of um, uh, the thing from, uh, was it Conservative Treehouse? The story behind the documents, and it really lays out how the intelligence communities run everything. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. It was a good piece. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I, yeah. I saved it. Yeah, so there's, it's four very long articles. You can find it under the raid in the show notes at uh, noagendashow.net. Well worth reading through because a lot of these documents, it's just so obvious what, what, what is happening in our world. And it's, we're being run, we're being played, we're being lied to. Every, and, and they're all complicit, pretty much all of them. And, and these, like this NPR, this is just, this is just capture, just... Pfft. I'm sure she's, do you think she's really interested or is she just reading the bullet points that she's supposed to? That's a good question. I'm not sure. And the same with climate change. So now, <laughs> uh, from what I can see, we have uh, passed a, uh, a bill that's supposed to fix the climate. Is this, how much is this thing now? It seems like now it's 700 something billion dollars. It's a lot of wasted money, it looks like to me. So close, well, let's just call it a trillion, because by the time it's done, it'll be a trillion dollars. Someone tried to give me an example of a trillion dollars. Let's see if I remember this correctly. If you got $1 per second, every second of every day you got $1, in 11 days, you'd be a millionaire. If you keep getting that $1 every second, in 31 years, so we go from 11 days to 31 years, you're a billionaire. To become a trillionaire, it's like 31,000 years of a dollar every second. Maybe that puts it into perspective. (laughs) Now, what what does this bill do? Well, Nancy Pelosi said it, the drunk. How can they vote against the planet? Mother Earth. Mother Earth gets angry from time to time. And uh, this legislation will help us address all of that. Okay, (laughs) Mother Earth gets angry from time to time, and this legislation will address all of that. That is the the people you let vote for you with your money. (laughs) She's in a spot where they can't vote her out. What do you mean? Well, Nancy Pelosi, like most Californians that's been gerrymandered, she's in a district in San Francisco that I don't think a Republican's ever won it or even a competitive Democrat for a hundred years. It's just, you get that job where she is and you're, you've got a job for life. What? So, but because it's San Francisco? No, it's because it's this district. It's just a bunch of Nancy Pelosi loving (laughs) district. It's just hard to explain. It's just a district that votes a certain way. A lot of these districts are out there. You get... Mm -hmm somehow get into that job and in that district and you can stay there forever and people just coast huh you just get reelected and reelected for just infinitely yeah well maybe maybe it would be it would be shocking if they changed her that's yeah, not that well she's gonna have to retire i mean she should have retired already when is she up for election again 
Every, yeah, all, all, I, all of them are, of course, yeah. So she'll just go another couple of years? Oh, man. Yeah, she wants. I, I have to say, you know, when she got the new programming after coming back from Taiwan and she got the China good programming, one China, they did her hair at the same time. Uh, they must have some hairdressers there. Or maybe Pierre flew in, too. Well, what, I'm, what I was thinking is, hey, Nance, we flew Pierre in to do your hair. And then, you know, he's like, oh, I'm doing a so nice, nice, nice thing with you. And she goes, ow, what did you do? Pinch me. And that's when they inserted the probe. Yeah, yeah. Look at her hair. Her hair actually it looks pretty good. It looks a little more appropriate for her. Looks like a wig to me. But okay. Oh, no, it's not a wig. And by the way, I get people yelling at me that uh, Jean-Claude Van Pierre Van Damme is not wearing a wig. I don't know, man. It seems like one to me. Oh, oh, you're talking about the, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it looks like one to me, too. No, so, yeah, but, well, but most people are saying it's not. That's okay, what I'm saying. Okay, well, let me say what they want. Who cares? It's oh, not important. Jesus. All right. Okay. Uh, do you want to change the topic? Global, I, oh, yeah, global warming, please. Yeah, I got a clip. Dust devils. Listen to this carefully and just roll your eyes at the end. Dust a dust devils. devil in England. It's a sight rarely Woo. seen in the country. The unique wind phenomenon followed heat waves and warm spells. This video was taken by Durham and Darlington County Fire Rescue. The footage shows a whirlwind spinning through a field just scorched by a wildfire. Winds in a dust devil funnel can reach 60 miles per hour. They most often wow. occur in the desert or forest and usually happen during peak sunlight hours. The phenomenon is often accompanied by warm weather which isn't common in England, but for the time being, parts of the country are riding a second summer heat wave. Temperatures are expected to go above 86 degrees in the coming days. <laughs> Every- temperatures? Yeah. Stop. Shh, stop the presses. <laughs> temperatures are going to go above 86 degrees, yeah. which is what it is in Hawaii, 99%, but it's okay. 86 degrees in the coming days. I don't know. What will they do? Well, here's, here's the issue. Uh, the UK specifically is in big trouble. Um, you know, they have these caps on energy for people at home. But people with businesses, they're now seeing uh, what's happening with the heat wave where they want to turn on some air conditioner or whatever whatever they can do. And their bills are now 10x, 10x for businesses. And um, the UK is using this um, this extreme heat, 86 degrees, okay, extreme heat, uh, to, yeah. to uh, get, prepare everybody for the blackouts, to prepare everybody for a very cold winter, uh, to prepare everybody that climate change, climate change is what's screwing you. Climate, not, not the... Not the change to batteries, but climate change itself. Temperatures in Europe are climbing as another heat wave sweeps the continent, threatening to disrupt travel and business, and of course, ratcheting up pressure on the region's strained power infrastructure. Now, to dive deeper into Europe's energy crisis, let's bring Bloomberg's European energy editor. She's Rachel Morrison. Rachel, do we have a concrete plan on what happens when we get into the colder months if Russia turns off the taps completely? Well, what we're seeing at the moment is Europe's energy system really being tested by this summer weather, which usually wouldn't be so much of a problem. Sometimes we do see the impact of heat on rivers. We've talked a lot about the Rhine um, and on nuclear plants. But really, it is worrying to see the strain that's being put on the the energy market at the moment before it even gets cold. I mean, we have really high prices. Gas prices are up to the highest in two weeks today. And 
what that is doing is setting the stage for winter. So what's being priced in is people thinking that this is only going to get worse in winter when it does start to get cold, when demand rises. We're seeing governments scrambling to try to get their plans in place, deciding who they're going to ration, which industries will need gas most, how they're going to keep the lights on. But those plans aren't firmly in place yet because obviously they're big economic decisions that need to be made. It's a really difficult moment for the UK because the same as across Europe, energy bills are rising for people, for consumers. And we have a price cap in the UK and predictions are that in October that's going to rise significantly and again in January, which is going to push lots of millions of people into poverty and leave people unable to pay those bills. So pressure is coming on to this caretaker government to do more. But the problem is they don't know who the leader is going to be. And while the industry are saying, you are the same party, you need to sort this out. Within the Conservative Party, there are different ideas about how to tackle this. So the meeting today is to really try to weigh up what some of the options are for additional help for people, because that pressure is only going to grow as we get closer to the point when we know what level bills are going to be at for the start of winter. So they're really playing up this heat wave all across Europe. And the number one is the Rhine. Oh, the Rhine. Oh, the Rhine is, it's, it's going dry. They, we won't be able to move any goods. And you have to understand the Rhine is a very important river for moving goods throughout Europe, particularly Germany. Um, and, I, and I have the hindsight and the, uh, uh, of, uh, or I have the historical knowledge of having lived in Europe in the 70s and 80s. And I remember the same thing. It must have been maybe 78, 79. Oh, the Rhine, it's going to dry up. We won't be able to move any goods. It's so hot. <laughs> same, exact, same exact thing. But they have a new twist. The hunger stones. The hunger stones are showing up again. Are you here? Hunger stones resurface as Europe faces historic drought. Have you ever heard of the hunger stones? There's some stones in the river or something that's that, <laughs> yeah. It's just bull crap is what it I'll is. I'll read from yeah, the I'll, I'll read yeah, from yeah, the, read the book it, of knowledge. Brief me, brief me. I'm briefing you. A hunger stone is a type of hydrological landmark common in central Europe. Hungles hung, hungle. Hunger stones serve as famine memorials and warnings and were erected in Germany and in ethnic German settlements throughout Europe in the 15th and 19th centuries. The stones were embedded into a river during droughts to mark the water level as a warning to future generations that they'll have to endure famine-related hardships if the water sinks to this level again. And the famous one, which is now in play, is the Elbe River in the Czech Republic, which has, uh, and it's chiseled into, the, into this hunger stone, Wenn du mich siehst, dann weine, which means, if you see me, weep. And so this one surfaced. So the, can I uh, ask a question? Mm-hmm. Before you continue, I want you to continue. Uh, the hunger stones were put in at a time when the river was low and they could put the stone in, right? Well, the stone is already in there. They, they, I mean, it's, they, it's okay, it's in there, but it's marked. Yeah, it's, they chiseled. They chiseled so in there. Happened, little so in other words, it's happened before. You can't mark the stone unless the river's already been down yes, that low. Uh, 1918 
Was the last? So was the ni- last so time we had global it was warming in 1918? Is that the, we had global warming in 1918? No, drought? no, we had global warming in 1816 when these stones were put in. We had global warming in 1816. Yeah, yeah. So they put the stones in in 1816. Then in 19, 19- so it must 18- have been low in 1816. Yes, because of, so uh, because of climate again. change. Yes. So golly, <laughs> hey, do you see a pattern? 1816, 1918, 20. Oh, oh my goodness. What it, it apparently these stones were uncovered again during the drought of 2018. Oh, what are the chances? People can't even remember four years ago. This is this is a <laughs> hoax. This is bullshit. I mean, total, total hoax. These things have surfaced all and it seem to have a 100 year cycle. Oh, isn't that interesting? I'm sure there was something that took place in the 1700s, too. Well, then, the, yeah, the 1600s, some of them. All right, but it's nothing like what you're going to get. You better look out the window at the mudflats because the California mega storm and the mega flood is on the way. Sea level rise. It's a looming threat to all of California as global temperatures increase due to human-caused climate change. (laughs) Sea level rise is not the answer to our water challenges in California. It actually works against us. 27 million Californians rely on water that flows through the Delta. That water is salt-free, and it needs to stay that way for us to use. But it's exactly where water from the Pacific would push into as ocean levels rise. If that area were to become salty, it would take at least two years to regenerate those freshwater conditions. Climate models estimate that for every degree of warming, the average global ocean level will rise another seven and a half feet. And our current carbon (laughs) use patterns have already made that just about inevitable. Every So, you know, two degrees is the max that we're supposed to have. I'm not sure exactly where they're measuring it, but two degrees, okay, two degrees. So for every extra degree, the sea rises seven feet. Level will rise another seven and a half feet. And our current carbon use patterns have already made that just about inevitable this century. According to global research put together by Climate Central, one degree Celsius of warming could lead to seawater inundation for the Delta region. That looks like this. It's outlined here in the red area. But if you bump- <laughs> By the way, you're in the red area on the map. That up to two degrees Celsius, seawater pushes even further inland. Some of the more extreme tidal projections have ocean water in midtown Sacramento. Earlier this month, the Department no, of Water please. Resources filled in a temporary dam designed to keep salt water away from the central delta during drought years. We're able to keep this interior delta fresh with the release of less fresh water from our upstream reservoirs, upstream reservoirs including uh, Lake Orville and Lake Shasta. Another more long-term plan is the Delta Conveyance Project, first introduced in the 1950s. It would create a sort of underground water bypass, keeping fresh water separate from natural delta waterways. The Delta Conveyance Project itself is a game changer from all those prior potential projects or, or or alternative projects. The idea is controversial. It involves building over 40 miles of tunnels through rural communities. Those opposed say it would disrupt lifestyles and the environment. 
But one way or another, researchers know the Delta is like the heart of California, a heart that needs to be protected as sea level rise creeps closer and closer to the front of people's minds. <laughs> sea level, is, is it creeping closer to the front of your mind? The sea level? No. No, I'm looking because at right what's now. happening it's the same in Greenland right for now. the last 50 the years. Of the Hold on. Will Hold have on. to be redrawn. This is what would happen to San Francisco Bay. Almost 15 years he's been looking out his window. What do you see at the mudflats, John? Any change? Uh, do you see None, seven and a half no feet? No change whatsoever. Let me no look at change. the old 1895 map somebody sent me. Okay, oh. any change? Looks the same. Looks Good. exactly the same. Crazy. Huh? I don't understand it. <laughs> well, as somebody pointed out, it's silt. Silt. One of our listeners said, you're, you're full of shit that's rising, and the only reason it looks the same is because of silt. Okay. I don't understand. I don't understand. It didn't make any sense to me either. Because we also have the East Shore Freeway here, which is running along the coastline, and it's at sea level. It should be flooded. It should be flooded. It's not. But maybe silt Silt. has something to do with that. Hmm. Okay. Well, leave it to the experts, eh? 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 (laughs) Eh? Leave it to those experts, eh? I have a couple of clips I want to play. Yeah. I don't know what they are. Okay. But let's see what it is. It's, it's a dogs and it's actually, I got DOS on here, but it's dogs and chips. And highly trained sniffer dogs can detect all kinds oh. of contraband. Now, a select few have added USBs, microchips, and hard drives to their list to help combat child abuse and terrorism across Australia. Whoa, whoa, wait okay. a minute. There's an interesting premise. So dogs can sniff you out USB devices and chips? Hold on, let me get the last bit. USBs, microchips. Let me just, this is weird. Now, a select few have added USBs, microchips, and hard drives to their list to help combat child abuse and terrorism across Australia. This clip is insane. So, I mean, of course, the dog is going to sniff USB sticks, hard drives everywhere in the world. Okay. And this is to combat child abuse and terrorism? <laughs> this is, yeah, these dogs I are great. The same thing. I want one I of these dogs. <laughs> I divide it into two parts so they can try to maybe explain it. And they do explain it. And it's just a stretch. And so, this dogs, these special dogs, and I, you know, I know dogs can smell a lot of different things, but whether they can smell a USB drive, which is inert. Well, especially one that has, like, porn on it. Uh, I know. Ooh, can, they, can they sniff the bits? Away. Can they sniff the bits? Mm, all right. Well, they claim they can smell these things, but, but it turns out that the reason for sniffing these things is because, well, it kind of explains how the child... Abuse, the rest of it comes into play in the second part. Dogs are frequently used by law enforcement to sniff out explosives and drugs. But this clever canine has learned a new skill, using her incredible nose to sniff out USBs and hard drives. The dogs that we currently have out there um, predominantly search for USBs, microchips, any form of digital media that carries memory. The digital storage items can reveal new evidence in cases and contain files that police use to identify criminals. These dogs specifically target those items that might otherwise be missed in a search. Only the top dogs are selected for this job. 
We require the top 1% of dogs that we see through the program to succeed in this discipline. The dogs are picked from as young as nine weeks old for a strenuous training program. It's every day from morning to afternoon and some night shifts there as well too. And it's been uh, about a three-month process to just get these dogs out and working. At the end of the day, the dogs are rewarded for their hard work with some playtime. Their only paycheck is to get a big play and a big game at the end of doing something right. The dogs have helped solve crimes all over Australia. Currently, they've been deployed in more than 70 operations and found more than 300 items. Thanks to their success, the program has been expanded to Victoria, South Australia and Western Australia. Currently, there are nine dogs working and another two in training. Okay. Yeah, that's a silly story. I don't know why. Yeah, it's okay. But I guess they can come into your house and say, ah, you got a USB hidden over here in the drawer. Ruff, ruff, ruff. There must be a hundred million USBs that people don't even know they have or oh, what's I've, on it. I find them all the time. Yeah. And I'm almost like, I should stick this in a machine. No, probably shouldn't. No, I don't. Uh, my machines are very well protected. No. I have a couple of Ukraine clips. Yes, let me because uh, I watched I I watched that documentary that you somebody found the CBS documentary that's taken off the air. Wait, this is the one about um, uh, Zelensky and and how he came to power. That one? No, no, the CBS documentary about Ukraine squat, oh. throwing weapons, selling weapons on the black market. Oh, you mean the, the 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 new version or the or the original version? The original one. Oh, okay, good. Yes, this is the one they had to take down because, well, we've learned some new things since we put it up, i.e. they got a phone call. Well, I ha- I think I'm trying to figure out, what I, I looked at this thing thinking to myself, what's in it that they don't want us to see? Okay. And so I came up with two specific things. One was kind of the opening, which they kind of harped on. I think this may be it. And then there's a second one that I thought might be it too. I can't tell which of the two, but I've got both these clips. They're both short. This is a Ukraine uh, CBS special, uh, just says special. In the past two months, we've moved weapons and equipment to Ukraine at record speed. Drones, grenade launchers, machine guns. We're seeing this incredible historic flow of weapons coming into Ukraine. Do we have any sense as to where they're going? We don't know. There is really no information as to where they're going uh, at all. You know, all this stuff goes to the border and then kind of like something happens. It kind of like you know, 30% maybe reaches its final destination. 30%? Are you concerned about weapons getting in the wrong hands? I don't care at all when that happens. What sort of a unit do you commit? Can't say. I'm a bit confused. You know we played this clip two shows ago, right? Uh, no, I don't know that. But the next clip is, I'm sure we didn't play, because I would have remembered it. No, I know we talked about the 30% loss. There was also one other thing in there. They had this guy supposedly was a advisor ex-US Marine lieutenant or something. Yeah, who ran the with NGO, the, which is... is with, the, with a British accent? Yeah. Oh, yeah. How many Marines oh, yeah. do we have? Yeah, I don't know. With British accents that well, are the, lieutenants. Uh, hey, a sport tea? It doesn't make sense. Okay. <laughs> now, I began looking at this. I looked at this and I saw this. And I think this is the, the reason that they didn't want to show this, I'm thinking. Because I saw this, I, I was stunned. I'm sorry. Second part, play. 
Modern drones have proven to be the most successful tool in breaking frontline stalemates. We have to adapt to... To that wind. Yes, to it. A former German soldier who asked to stay anonymous is instructing the unit. How transformational have drones been for Ukraine? Uh, already it was clear in 2015 that it's going to be a drone war. Meaning not like the, you know, the, the Reaper level, you know, drop and drones, yeah. but uh, tactical drones for all kinds of purposes. I think I lost count how many drones we were putting here. Yeah. Anti drone kit. Taking down drones very, very far away to so use it as a defense, defense against drones. Um, okay, so what, what exactly, so th- what they have. Did you see this piece of gear? Yeah, yeah but this I've is- never, what was that thing? It was the weirdest piece of gear and it supposedly takes down drones from a distance? Yeah, it fries them with a laser and, or it, at first it disrupts their transmission or their, the GPS. So it, it throw, it tries to throw it off a of balance with a number of things. This has been around for a couple of years. I've never seen this thing before. Yeah, but it's not for the big drones. It's for the it's, smaller drones. Yeah, it's got flaps on the side. It's a screwy looking thing. Yeah. I think we should get one of these. <laughs> this was not the reason to, to re-edit the documentary. The whole thing is embarrassing because it's about weapons not going to Ukraine. Well, there's that, there's, that's, that's for sure, but I'm telling you, I'm convinced it was the show when they showed this thing. It, it's, I've never seen it. I've never seen it before. Yeah, you've seen this yeah, in other I think venues. Part, yes. Well, no, no. I've only seen the demonstration of it. I don't think I've seen it at any venues or theaters, as we would call it, theater of war. Uh, but part of it is a directed energy weapon, laser. Part of it is signal disruption, and part of it is GPS reception jamming or something. Apparently, quite effective if you can get get your countermeasure thing working fast enough. Why wouldn't it work on the big drones? Um, I don't know. I just know that, that I, I don't know if they have that. They might. I mean, you need, it's a little bigger thing. You, know? <laughs> you probably need one of those full-on, not a portable backpack type deal. You know, this, is, this has got to be a whole truck that sets up to get the big boys out. Uh, this is the latest, though, that uh, the latest fear-mongering coming out of Ukraine and the theater of war. A developing story from the war in Ukraine. The shelling at Europe's largest nuclear plant has prompted an urgent new warning from the United Nations. The U.N.'s nuclear chief is warning both sides to immediately stop any action that jeopardizes safety at the Ukrainian facility. Russia and Ukraine blame each other for the bombing. The latest attack reportedly saw five rockets hit the plant, which the Kremlin has has been using as a military base. Yeah, so Europe is talking about this. Oh, man, we're all going to die. Radiation, if they hit the plant. I don't think that that happens like that. I don't think so either. And if something bad happened to that plant, the radiation would go into Russia. Yeah, it's it's closer to Russia (laughs) for sure. Yeah, Yeah, and the the prevailings go into Russia. So a lot of the story doesn't make sense because of that. No. No, a lot, most of the stuff on, on television today makes no sense. For instance, Iran. Now, what I, this, this uh, what'd you call him? Rusty Salmon? Uh, salmon. Rust, <laughs> rusty Salmon. Uh, salmon Rusty, who, by the way, has had a fatwa against him for 
get ready for it, 33 years. Yep. So all of a sudden, Iran is in the news two days after the Biden administration announces they want to try and rekindle the Iran nuclear deal. It's like, is is this now part of, is okay, so the agency, the CIA said, all right, Barack, listen, we'll let you, I know it's, it's painful that it got screwed up and this was the deal you want. We'll let Joe do it and you can take credit for it at the cocktail parties, okay? I mean, what other reason is there to rekindle this? What do you think they have going on? So you're starting off with the assumption that this was a, a spook operation. The stab uh, old salmon. No, 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 not that. No, actually, what I'm uh, the reason why I'm saying spook operation is this clip from CBS. Investigators say the alleged murder-for-hire plot began to take shape after this drone strike in Iraq assassinated top Iranian General Qasem Soleimani over two years ago. Former National Security Advisor John Bolton quickly tweeted, congratulations to all involved. Iran vowed retaliation. The Justice Department is now charging Sharam Pursafi, a member of Iran's Revolutionary Guard, with offering $300,000 to murder Bolton. What did the FBI say about the serious nature? of the threat. They were able to confirm that it was potentially an effort either to kidnap me or assassinate me. According to newly released law enforcement records, Pursafi, working from Iran, hired operatives to surveil and then eliminate Bolton, even texting pictures of cash promising handsome payments. Separately, sources told CBS News another target of the Iranian plot included former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. What Pursafi didn't know is that he was dealing with an FBI confidential source. A lot of this is done um, with the secrecy. Bill Evanina ran counterintelligence operations during the Trump administration. The threat does not go away at all uh, to uh, Ambassador Bolton or any other official that Iran has their targets on. With talks to revive the 2015 nuclear deal with Iran, Bolton warned the White House against engagement. I think there's no doubt that there are other plots, and not just against uh, former government officials, against uh, innocent American civilians. It tells you the very nature of the regime in Tehran that this is the kind of terrorist regime they are. Bolton now has the same level of Secret Service protection he had while working at the White House. Nate Iran denies any involvement. All right. So this is is actually from last week. Um, I I wonder about this story. Well, is is this not the guy who just three weeks ago said, oh, yeah, no, I participated in coups? Right. Isn't that isn't that kind of what this is like? Oh, they're trying to kill me. Let's uh, let's go for some regime change. And who gives a shit about John Bolton? Why? Why? If if Iran wants to wants to come out and kill somebody, an an American, for whatever reason, because they had something to do with assassinations, a make it a real number. Three hundred thousand. That's insulting. Yeah, I mean the fatwa on uh, <laughs> on Rusty Salmon. Yeah. was three million dollars. Yes, I have uh, I have this clip uh, from Rusty Salmon as well. This was the scene shortly before eleven a.m. Right after the moment a man was tackled after allegedly stabbing Salman Rushdie on stage, just as he was about to speak in Chautauqua, New York. 
Stephen Davies witnessed the attack. They got maybe 10 seconds into their introduction when an assailant uh, jumped out of the audience onto the stage. He had a black mask and immediately began pummeling Salman Rushdie. 75-year-old Rushdie was apparently stabbed in the neck and abdomen. A number of people rushed to his aid. The award-winning author was medevaced to an area hospital. Did the attackers say anything? Not that I heard. Rushdie's writings are considered by many Muslims to be blasphemous. His 1988 novel, Satanic Verses, led to the supreme leader of Iran calling for his execution. Rushdie was living with a bounty on his head, now worth over $3 million. So I th- to me, it feels like this is a setup for something against Iran. I mean, th- this may not have been planned, but good timing, quick. Let's threaten Bolton. Well, the Bolton thing got, which is older. That, that Bolton thing is a weird Oh, that was older? Ago. Okay. Now, the, the report Way was, the before re- this. The, but the report was um, from this weekend. It's from CBS it was, this weekend. They were repurposing yeah, it because I, yeah. I had a clip. It was really a couple of two, three shows ago. Oh, okay. This, this Rushy thing is new. So I, if you're going to go with your theory, which is, you know, reasonable, it's like, let's do the Bolton thing. Nothing, you know, <laughs> Bolton is oh, well, 350. Okay, whatever. Yeah, Who cares the, about they Bolton? They screwed it up. They had the wrong numbers. They had the wrong guy. And so then they go after Rushdie, and the Rushdie story has a lot of legs. It happened just this week. Yeah. And it's been getting a lot of attention, and poor Rushdie got stabbed in the eye. They didn't stabbed mention that. Stabbed in the that. neck, stabbed in the liver. The guy's a wreck. They didn't mention and, that in this report that he got. I, I, I heard that, too. It was like, that should be the lead, man. Stabbing someone in the eye, that's like the next yeah, level. Yeah, it's bad. Next level. <laughs> and so... Uh, so, so they now, now they got you now we got attention and the thing was then then the stuff came I played I put this in the newsletter I have two tweets in the newsletter that talk about the Rushdie thing and one of them shows that the, the current Ayatollah guy running the the religious guy running Iran mm-hmm. uh, tweeted in 2019 that hey that old fatwa you know because I was under the impression it was lifted. That old fatwa stills in play. It's got nothing to do with it. You know, the book's still out. And da, da, da. Hmm. So he's pretty much reinstituted the fatwa in 2019 on Twitter. Uh, of course, you'd think they'd take that down, and they finally did eventually, but it was already too late because, you know, they're too busy watching Republicans. Now, this happened and in New York? It happened in upstate New York. Has, um, has Governor Hochul come out and banned knives? <laughs> not yet oh okay seems like you should jump on that no she should knife crisis knife crisis hmm so this i think yeah the timing is is a little dubious well especially since they i'm just trying to figure out is it that the administration wants because bolton clearly not on this administration the administration wants to rekindle the iran deal and then we have to get these two events so is someone against it, or is this being I did, used? To- I would say, yeah, someone has to be against it. Yeah. Somebody doesn't want the Iran deal right. rekindled, and they right. tried with the Bolton thing, and that didn't go <laughs> anywhere, because who cares? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Said, really? Bolton, yeah. that was no good. You know what? Um, I got an idea. I stab someone in the eye that gets their attention. Yeah, and the Rushdie thing was a big 
a big deal amongst the uh, intellectual elites when it happened. Original 1988 fatwa mm-hmm. became a big deal, and they had been rushed. They had to go into hiding and all the rest of it, and everybody was upset about it. Mm. And nobody cares about Bolton, and so just bring the bring the Rushdie thing back into play, which is. Uh, uh, get to, this for the liberals get all worked up. Oh no, no, well, these guys are terrible, <laughs> and look what they did. And so, and because it's the liberals who want to do deals with Iran, so now they maybe that would get them off the off the uh, off that bandwagon. Just, I don't know. It's something up. I think you're right. Too many um, coincidences. Just a couple of uh, great reset, new world order things that I've been collecting. Um, mainly the digital identity program in uh, Scandinavia. We got to keep our eye on this, what they're doing up there. Uh, this, of course, started as the uh, as the COVID pass, etc. But now it's Canada's digital ambition, 2022, and it's you know it's very similar to what you see in uh, in Europe, where uh, governments are saying, "Look, we need to give you a digital identification, identification, digital setup, digital system, so you can interact with us." Interact, you see, uh, and it's spreading. Uh, and and we knew this would happen. It's uh, this is uh, the se- senator for Queensland, Malcolm Roberts. The World Economic Forum is the source of our digital identity bill. Parts of our digital identity bill were copied and pasted from World Economic Forum's digital platform policy, I think it's called. The same bill, or virtually identical bill, has been rolled out in other countries around the world. New Zealand, Canada, Britain, Singapore, Thailand. That's where bills are before the parliament right now. The EU, European Union, has a bill for the whole of the European Union. Malaysia has it in place, passed already. It's already at 64% uptake. They, so it's, it'll be needed once they get 100% uptake or very close to 100% uptake, then they will just make it compulsory for anything to do with the government or banking. Uh, in the Philippines, it's similar. And in Indonesia, it's across government only, not banking yet. So they're, they're moving this out throughout Asia and throughout the European Union and through Canada in North America. Have you uh, done any more research on the digital ID here in the U.S.? I know you were working on something. No, I haven't touched it for six months at least. Hmm. Uh, in Germany, the Green Party minister uh, is proposing to establish centers for neighbors to report on each other. <laughs> for political Gee, incorrectness. In Germany even? Wow, that's I know. Surprise. Isn't that great? I know. Here's my favorite. Uh, MGM and Amazon are launching a new uh, television show. Uh, it's called Ring Nation. <laughs> and they will be uh, playing viral videos from doorbell cameras. So you know what this means, because, of course, there's prize money attached to it. Everyone's going to want to share their doorbell videos. Hey, why don't you look at it? Why not just do anything that you want? Mimi will do it. <laughs> no, she, does she have a ring vi- a video camera? She there? loves her ring cameras up at the house up north. Oh, my goodness. She's a goner. Oh, she's just she's all in. Wow. Does she have any other gadgets like that, or is it just the ring, just the ring video? Just that oh. just one, one ring video. The uh, I, I don't want to mention that a lot of people are talking about the eighty billion dollars that the IRS now receives in this new um, inflation reduction package. Yeah, 
because that's how you do it. You know, you start, you start giving away money and that reduces inflation. Um, so first of all, you know, it's a little bit of a talking point that I'm hearing everywhere. 87,000, you know, it's like 87,000. That's the number of IRS agents. It, I have to point out, is over a 10-year period. Uh, they, have, they, they have a lot of catching up to do. So it's not like, uh, boom, there's 87,000 new agents. Uh, it'll, I don't think you could train 87,000. They can't even train any agents, in my, uh, in my opinion. But well, here we go. I, I've got a clip on this. Oh, good. Well, I but have... it's about the it's about the bullets and guns. It's this IRS deadly force clip. Yeah. So before I play it, we've known this. We've talked about this since 2007. Uh, the IRS has guns. They've come to my office with their guns, looking for me. They just couldn't find me. But okay. Uh, and everyone's all bent out of shape because I guess now we're just finding out about this. Agents willing to use deadly force. That's what the IRS is looking for. Some are wondering why a tax agency needs that. The job advertisement for IRS special agents that are willing to use deadly force is raising eyebrows. The tax agency is already in the spotlight because it could soon double its workforce. The IRS has stockpiled 5 million rounds of ammunition and spent $750,000 this year to buy more. That's according to Florida Congressman Matt Gates. A former IRS agent told NTD that some agents respond to dangerous situations where they might encounter armed criminals. He says it's important for these agents to be able to defend themselves. Okay, so that's bullshit, uh, defending themselves. No, that's totally untrue. The United States Department of Education has uh, guns and ammo and agents who carry them. Uh, The CDC has agents who carry concealed guns when they're going to check things out. Now, that may be for their protection, but let's not pretend like the U.S. Uh, DA, the U.S. Department of Agriculture, they've got guns. In fact, there's, there's cutouts, carve-outs, and exceptions in every single bill that is supposed to disarm the American public. But okay, the people are supposed to help the farmers and the children. They get to have guns. The IRS, it wasn't bad enough that they were targeting groups and auditing people. People didn't get it then. Oh, and now, oh, oh, gee, I mean, let me put it into perspective. That, this, is, this is the world that people like Beto O'Rourke want for us. They have all the guns. You're the asshole who wants to defend yourself. I'm going to make sure that now 11 weeks since we lost 19 kids and their two teachers shot to death with a weapon originally designed for use in combat, legally purchased by an 18-year-old. Oh, he's about to get worse. Who did not try to obtain one when he was 16 or 17, but followed the law that's on the books, ladies and gentlemen, that says that you can buy not one, you can buy two or more if you want to, AR-15s, hundreds of rounds of ammunition, and take that weapon that was originally designed for use on the battlefields in Vietnam to penetrate an enemy soldier's helmet at 500 feet and knock him down dead. Up against kids at 5 feet. It may be funny to you, motherfucker, but it's not funny to me. So, Beto sits there and, uh, this was great, by the way. Very well placed. I don't know if that was a shill. Uh, it seems like, because someone started laughing about his ridiculous statement that the AR-15 was designed for Vietnam. Uh, no. Excuse me, wasn't that the M1? M16? Not, not the AR-15. Am I crazy? 
No, M16 is a, is similar, but not the same. It, it, the AR-15 is not designed for rugged use in the field. No, he says so, it was designed for to kill no. people at 500 yards in Vietnam. This, no, that's just not true. No, it's not true. It will kill somebody at 500 yards. Sure. Yeah, of course. Um, anyway, that's the idea. And everyone's just going to sit around and post on Twitter how outraged they are. What is the Arashni guns? Uh, why don't you vote some people in that will stop that shit, people? Because we're under attack. Beta's not voted in. He's just a loner. He's just out there. He's a lone wolf making these 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 commentaries. I mean, he's running. I no, guess, but, but I mean, the IRS has the guns. The, the, yeah, U, they do. the U.S. Department of Agriculture has the guns. Department of Homeland Security yeah, has the guns. People that should be disarmed. You're right. Everybody has guns. But yeah, everyone has guns. Uh, the founder of Whole Foods is retiring. Uh, I think what's his name, John Mack. I think the guy from Texas. Yeah, you know this started in Austin. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah, John Mackey is his name. Started in Austin. Was a revolution in shopping. And, Why? Oh, uh, he totally changed uh, the amount of product that was being offered. Uh, the display, of course, the pricing. Uh, brought in. Uh, uh, fake food called organic made it all sound fluffy. It was a huge marketing. I think it totally changed supermarkets. Completely mm. changed. Well, here's here's a quick uh, a quick little clip. He was on the Reason podcast, uh, and this was the part that I thought was the most interesting. My concern, oh, and, and I should probably say these guys were all you know Whole Foods is all about community and better world and you know all of the stuff that yeah, uh, it was it was gooey. Very gooey. My concern is that I feel like socialists are taking over. They're marching through the institutions. They're taking everything over. They and uh, taking over education. It looks like they've taken over a lot of the corporations. It looks like they've taken over um, the military, and and it's just continuing. Yeah. I'm, so I'm I'm deeply concerned about. Um, um, you know, I'm a capitalist at heart, and I'm a li- I believe in liberty and capitalism. Those are my my twin values, and I feel like, you know, with the way freedom of speech is today, uh, the movement on on gun control, um, a lot of the th- liberties that I've taken for granted most of my life, I think, are under threat. Even he sees the well, car. That didn't get a lot of play. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> No, we can't have that. No, but there well, is a good clip. Where'd you get that clip from? The Reason podcast. You know, Reason. A good job. I gave him. I'm going to give them clip of the day. So, uh, so they get clip of the day, and I can just go ahead and, and pound sand. Okay, all right, thank you. Clip of the day. I humbly give this award to the Reason podcast. All right, a few things on food. Um, McDonald's is reopening their fabulous food restaurants in Kiev. Kiev. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. Well, that's good for them. Yeah. Well, it's good. You know, the people need to eat. The too. money is in Russia, but okay, Kiev's fine. <laughs> Illinois Dumb, uh, has dummies. changed has changed the law that will allow people using uh, SNAP benefits, also known as food stamps, for fast food. The one thing that they, that's not supposed to happen. 
And uh, the most exciting uh, thing was a um, a scheduled conference for September in the White House, which will be uh, a conference on hunger, nutrition, and health. Uh, and they are going, and so um, I think the guy leading this conference is the guy who produced the Food Compass, which is a Tufts University <laughs> science-based nutrient profiling system. I'm sorry, let me repeat that. Um, It is the most comprehensive and science-based nutrient profiling system to date. The food compass is used to encourage consumption of of foods, uh, actually, uh, yes, uh, uh, consumption of ultra-processed foods while strongly discouraging consumption of all animal-based foods, including saturated animal fats. Uh, so I just wanted to run through quickly the uh, one, two, three, four, five, like the top six or seven recommended foods, and then the uh, the bottom six or seven of bad, bad foods that the White House in September will be sending out. Uh, Karine Abdul, Jean Pierre Van Clam, Van Clam, uh, she, she will be promoting it. And uh, let's. Why don't we start at the bottom? What uh, what foods do you think are the worst according to the Biden food compass. Well, the worst food is obviously any animal protein. I would say beef would be at the top of the list. Oh, yes. pork, pork. No, pork. no, ground beef, ground beef, ground beef. Um, a, so, l- a which, little, by the way, which is the hamburger. Yep, pretty much. Yep. Cheddar cheese, bad, 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 bad. A whole egg fried in butter, very bad, very, very bad. Now let's look at the at the top the top things. What are the best things you can eat according to the food compass? Well, I would. Yeah, you can have me guess. Yeah, you give it a shot. I think that probably, I'm guessing it would be uh, the it should be eventually the food compass will have it up there if it's not now, which is crickets. <laughs> no, no, we're not there yet. We're not at the cricket stage yet. This is still discrediting other stuff like, like beef. And eggs and butter. Uh, no, uh, best food, according to the, the food compass, is watermelon. It's just water. Yep. Have you ever eaten watermelon? I mean, it's delicious, but it's just sugar water. Why don't you just give me a glass of water and put a spoon of sugar in it and put a drop of flavoring, and that's watermelon. Number two on no the list. No offense to people who love watermelon. I love watermelon, but I know what I'm eating. There's just not, there's not, it's, it's, it's vapid. Number two on the list. Empty calories, I would say. Number two on the list, equal scoring with watermelon, is our old friend Kale. Kale? (laughs) I can't believe the political list. This is bullshit. Uh, Why is Kale better than Chard, for example? Uh, Let me see if Chard. Chard is not on the list. Do you know what number three is? So watermelon, kale, what could be number three on the list? Get ready for it. Number three, four, five, six, seven, eight are just fantastic. Just read them off. All right. Number one, watermelon. Number two, kale. Number three, frosted mini wheats. What? Wait. (laughs) You're reading from a bogus list. (laughs) No, 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 no. A frosted mini wheat is processed food. Hey, it's number three on their list, followed by unsweetened almond milk, 
Nuts out. How is that on there? That's a good, all, by the way, it's almond slurry. Go on. <laughs> it's uh, nutsap. Nutsap. <laughs> Followed by non-fat frozen yogurt. Now, these still have a score of 80. Now we're in the 78 score. Chocolate-covered almonds, good for you. Orange juice with calcium. Honey nut Cheerios. <laughs> the, I mean, I don't understand this. It, is this not this? The people should be no, outraged. You're, re- you're reading from a joke list. No, no. This is this is really this truly is from the Food Compass. I'm, it's it, I'm actually looking at the graph produced by the Food Compass people. It's in the show notes. I know. It's insane. I think they've gone crazy. They decided, hey, look, we're not, it's not going fast enough with the vaccines and the myocarditis. Um, We got to do more, more. I know. Let the poor people eat fast food. And and, uh, let's tell them to eat frosted mini wheats. Well, they got to get, if it says ground beef is at the bottom, they're going to have to get the poor people to eat something other than ground beef. Uh, or because if you're gonna have kale, you, kale you want, and frosted mini weeds in a in a bun, in a toasted <laughs> sesame bun with special sauce. <laughs> I'm gonna show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda in the morning. Uh, we have a few people to thank, starting with Tucker Soltau in Edmonton, Alberta. He's at the top of the list with John Mudge in Denver, Colorado, coming in number two. He's got something to say there, see if there's anything we need to read. Dame Brazenbird in Edmonton, Oklahoma, Uh, 100. Oh, she's got something to say, that's for sure. Uh, Oh, she went to a meetup and fell in love. Brian Gill in Kirkland, Washington, $100. Derek Paris, 8888 Monterey, California. Sir Deezus in... Detroit, Michigan. Sir Diesel would be even better. A Robert Umberger in Langhorn. Oh, he came in with 8008, sorry. Hello. And then Robert Umberger came with 8008 and wrote in boob. Oh. And then. Dun, da, da, da. <laughs> Sir Kevin McLaughlin, Duke of Luna, lover of America, and boobs. Locust, North Carolina, 8008. Drops down to Gergana Yankova in Chesham, UK. 7114, Brian Gates in Fremont, California, 6969. Uh, vote out Swalwell. <laughs> Ray Redberry Dvorak in Marionette, Wisconsin. Marinette, Wisconsin, 6969. Um, Christopher Dector, 560. By the way, Ray, Ray Breadbed, uh, Bread, Breadberry. Breadberry. Yeah. Says, thank you for the army doctor clips last show. I've been debating taking the vaccine, accepting the vaccine into my life by joining the Air Force. Now I will wait. This can't last forever. You may have saved my life. It's possible. Yeah, it's very possible. Christopher Dector, 5678. Mark Bucheri, I think, in Greenwood, uh, Indiana, 5222. He's got a birthday. So does Brian Gates, by the way. El Guapo in San Antonio, Texas has a birthday. And fifty thirty three. And he's a, a loyal listener. Uh, he says he needs a dedouching. <laughs> You've been dedouched. Needs a dedouching. He doesn't really need one. He says I need. Uh, a de- he says w- I need a dedouching. He says I need one. Yeah, he doesn't need one, but he got one. 
Adam Westerman in Gulmarad, New South Wales. They got some great names for towns uh, in Australia. 50, and these are all $50 donors. I'm gonna, we've got a short list today, so let me run through the $50 donors and we'll be on our way. Kevin Dills in Huntersville, North Carolina, Sir Kevin. Christian Freeman in San Marcos, Texas. Michael Wendell in Matawan, New Jersey. Preston Isaacson in Boca Raton, Florida. Keith Ball in Phillipsburg, New Jersey. Aaron Lundquist in Sebring, Florida. Daryl DeVille in Newton, Mississippi. Uh, Jim Tucker in National Park, New Jersey. Fabio, Fabio Elvez in Monk's Corner, South Carolina. Dame Patricia Worthington in Miami, Florida. Brandon Savoie in Port Orchard, Washington. Sir Brandon, you. And last but not least, Daniel Galloway in Marietta, Georgia. I want to thank these people for making uh, it, keeping this show alive. Indeed, uh, in more ways than one. And as you heard earlier, people who come in under $50 with their monthly donations, weekly or per show, some at, some at $4 a show, we have a night joining us today. It really does. It can happen. It can happen for you. So we have sustaining donations, which are under $50, and we uh, don't mention them uh, also because people like to come in under $50 to definitely remain anonymous. If you'd like to learn how to support the No Agenda Show under the Value for Value model, Will you determine what this show is worth to you, to your pocketbook, to your budget, to whatever you want to send back? That's the revolutionary part of this show. Um, learn more here. Dvorak.org slash N-A. I uh, got a, a very nice note from Sir Chris Wilson. He sent along an end of show uh, production, which we shall play, of course. And he yes, did uh, send a note. I haven't heard from Sir Chris. He's down. It was very difficult. Uh, certainly the beginning of the lockdowns. Or the, this is locking down a, a man like Sir Chris Wilson is, uh, is not an easy thing to do. Asking for trouble. Asking for big trouble. Uh, and so we kept in touch and I'd, I'd check out how he is doing and uh, I know he kept in touch with a lot of people uh, in uh, No Agenda Nation. But here is a quick note. Family is doing well aside from losing Dame Kylie's dad and Sir Felix's granddad to heart failure. Uh, could you please do a call out for Ken Harrison, who passed away peacefully this morning at a ripe old age of 94. Father to three beautiful daughters, seven grandchildren, and a couple of great grandkids. Love, light, and prayers from the community will be most appreciated. Um, and then as a, he adds almost 12 months since my mom passed as well, her being isolated from everyone during the last two conscious days on this earth is what broke me. Took a lot for me to not go full Ted. Understood. Understood. I want to mention a note from one of our Luxembourg producers that came in, uh, under the money, but it says, and this irks me because people should help us here a little bit. ITM, according to the North American calendar week standard, it is week 33. Oh! Oh, man, what a promotional opportunity missed. Uh, oh, I know you're kicking yourself over that. Well, best I can. All right. Uh, for everyone who needs it, uh, here's some uh, service goat karma should help you out. You've got <laughs> karma. Karma. 
Here's our list for today. Chris Grimal turned 50 on the 12th. Mario Vasquez, happy birthday to his beautiful wife, Shyla, celebrating, uh, celebrated yesterday. Dame Slamy, her husband, Sir Dude Chink, it's his birthday today, the 14th. And Dunev, also celebrating today. Brian Gates will turn 42 tomorrow. Mark Boucherl, or Boucheri, happy birthday to his Spartan hot Greek wife. She celebrates tomorrow. Kristen McChesney says happy birthday to Zach Simon, celebrating on the 16th. El Guapo. His daughter, Emma, will turn 12 on August 16th. And finally, David Stolte will be celebrating on the 21st. Happy birthday from everybody here at the best podcast in the universe. And no title changes, but we do have two knights to bring up. So if you can bring our double-bladed knight sword. Here it is. I love that pearl handle. David Stolte and Chris Grimal, gentlemen, both of you have achieved knight status. You join the illustrious group of No Agenda Knights and Dames. Thanks to your support of the No Agenda Show in the amount of $1,000 or more. I am very proud to pronunciate thee as Sir Unaffiliated of the Long Term and Sir Chris of the Catskills. Oh, gentlemen, for you, we've got some goodies here. We've got Hookers and Blow. We've got Rent Boys and Chardonnay. We've got Taquitos and Tequila. We've got Diet Soda and Video Games. we got got uh, Harlots and Haldol, Pepperoni Rolls and Pale Ales, Redheads and Rise, Ruben S. Ruben and Rosé, Geishas and Sake, Vodka, Vanilla, Bung, Hits and Bourbon, Sparkling Cider and Escorts, Ginger Ale and Gerbils, Breast Milk and Pablum. Ah, there's always the mutton and mead. You can uh, <laughs> dig in. <laughs> They're munching away on the mutton. Down that with some mead, you'll feel... Per- Don't get that stuff from Mead Works. Yeah, get the other stuff, the homemade stuff. While you're doing that, uh, just jot down your ring size. Uh, take that over to noagendanation.com slash rings so that uh, we can um, get the beautiful night rings out to you along with the wax you can use to imprint with the signet ring and seal your important correspondence uh, and obviously a certificate of the authenticity. Authenticity. And thank you all. <laughs> authenticity. I'm Jason authenticity. Cal- I'm Jason Calacanis. Authenticity. Thank you for supporting the No Agenda Show. No Agenda Media. It's actually much more than a party. It's the physical community that you need to have in your life. It is important to have that. No Agenda Meetups are a place to meet other people, other children, different backgrounds, different lands. Uh, But you have one thing in common, and that can help you create a community that could be very valuable one of these days. Let's see how it went at the monsoon meetup. In the morning, uh, Surly Mofo from Tucson with uh, Baroness Beth. In the morning, John and Adam. (laughs) Hey, John and Adam. Thanks for all that you do. We learn a lot. We love you guys. Mark and Mel from Tucson, Arizona. Hi, John and Adam. It's Coyote. It's your poster from the troll room. Sam and Grace in the morning. Sir Rocketman, Ed Laboutier. We're all here with our pocket-sized screaming goat. This is Vince Dame, the self-proclaimed official beatboxer of No Agenda. You've got... Karma. And now, I'm proud to introduce Vince's mom. Hello. Hey, guys. My name is Christian. I'm here with the NA. I'm enjoying myself. I was hit in the mouth by Brothers of the Serpent podcast, and I'm using my time to promote their value-for-value rock band, $50 Dynasty. Two, one. I got to find out who this rock band is. Are they promote, they're on stage promoting the No Agenda show? kind of like that need to find out more 
there's no more meetups today. I don't think you can join, but on Tuesday, you can go to the Divided and Concord meetup. That'll be the August Rush edition, 6.30 at the Side State Brewery. Uh, it has a ta- taco truck in Concord, California, so bring cash. Uh, then Thursday, next show day, the Cary Courage Local 919, 6 o'clock Eastern Fortnite Brewing in Cary, North Carolina. The third Thursday in Fort Worth, where the West, where the Western simulation begins. Simulation. <laughs> it begins at 6 o'clock. The Bearded Lady, Fort Worth, Texas. And finally, August 18th, also on Thursdays, Charlotte's Thursday, 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 Monday, Monthly. It's Charlotte Ed Taverns. Go there. <laughs> And if you can't find one of these near you, go to noagendameetups.com. Start your own. They're just like a party. Sometimes you want to go hang out with all the nights and days. You want to be where you want to be. Triggered or held to blame. You want to be where everybody feels the same. Little, little, little. It's like a party. I only have one ISO, so I'll play mine. What? Yeah, I know. Well, I have that whole the whole ISOs from uh, from the niece, but they're not cut up. So, uh, well, you have to cut those up next time. Yeah, okay, no, I yeah. got. Uh, I only have two. Well, let me play my one and see what your two are. Here we go. Tier one moronic. What was it? <laughs> Something moronic. Tier one moronic. Tier one moronic. Okay, no, you don't like uh, it. Uh. Okay, I got uh, two. Uh, I got what is next? Okay. What's next? Mm. What's next? Yeah. Mm. And then I got very nice. <laughs> it was it was very nice. I'm really not crazy about any of our ISOs, to be honest. Mm. I think what is next is okay. No, it doesn't have any dynamics. I mean, we obviously we can use it, but it just feels feels like okay. It sucks. Uh, well, no, hold on a second. Let me see what we can do. It doesn't suck. It's just we we it can do better. Sucks. We can do better. Let me see. Unbelievable. No, no. Okay, there it is. Going- Boom! Stop. Unbe- <laughs> the unbelievable. unbelievable. It's good. Unbelievable. Okay, let me just put it use in, that in the spot. Let me just double check. Uh, let me jack the kid up. Let me amper up. I gotta amp it. Gotta amp it. All right, here is it. Here, this is it. Unbelievable. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I like the way she does. Un- un- unbelievable. Yeah. You know, what's- instead of unbelievable, it's unbelievable. Uh, hey, you know the uh- yes, the beaches are back open. Woohoo! Yeah. Beaches are dangerous. Have you heard the latest danger on the beaches? Sharks. No, no, no. It's much worse than that. We turn now to what's being called a freak accident on a beach in South Carolina. A woman killed after being impaled by an umbrella. (laughs) Authorities say 63-year-old Tammy Peralt was on the beach in Garden City, South Carolina Wednesday when a beach umbrella was blown from its anchoring, the sharp end of the pole impaling her in the chest. Good Samaritans rushing to help, but she later died at the hospital. The case, similar to the death of a Virginia woman in 2016, killed by a flying umbrella that struck her in the chest on Virginia Beach. (laughs) While deaths from beach umbrellas are rare, injuries are not. In 2010, Lynn Stevens was impaled in the thigh by a flyaway umbrella in Maryland. I mean, did you know that this was such a plague? 
Man, they're hard up for news. <laughs> yeah, they really are. <laughs> like, well, maybe we got, and they filled two minutes with that crap. If you can believe it. Well, I got a, I got a filler here. There's another one. There's a, a non-story about a mad bomber. Uh, okay. An update on the man who threatened to detonate a bomb near the U.S. Capitol almost a year ago, but had no bombs. He's set to be released from jail <laughs> under house arrest. I remember 50-year-old this. Floyd Roseberry drove from North Carolina to Washington, D.C. last August and I falsely claimed bomb. he had a bomb. <laughs> a judge determined Thursday that the man was suffering side effects from improper medication. His lawyers say he suffers mental health issues from a traumatic childhood. Psychologists told the court two of his drugs have adverse side effects when taken together and could cause manic and psychotic episodes. You'll be released under wow. house arrest and will what? be monitored by an ankle bracelet. Roseberry has pleaded not guilty and trial date is well, not set yet. What? Why don't they go and look into the drugs that these kids are taking that yeah. go out and shoot a school? But yeah. no, this guy, did no bomb, no nothing, didn't hurt anyone. Next thing you know, they're going to great detail of his drug use. Let me hear it again. Then. Psychologists told the court two of his drugs have adverse side effects when taken together. Holy crap. That's huge. That's not a non-story. That's big. We got to find out what those two drugs were. We got to find the documents. Okay. I think you're probably right. That's We that's need to find out cool. what those two are because you know that the people are getting taking all kinds of mixtures that God knows what they do. But, you know, Pfizer and Moderna, you can mix and match. Throw in some J&J, not a problem. Top off. <laughs> top, top up, not top off. Top up. All right, you want to call it a day? Or I mean, I still have City of Phoenix nah, being sued. Go. I've got... We uh, got plenty of stuff for the next show. Okay. Yeah, we do, I guess. We got plenty of stuff. And that next show <clears throat> will take place on Thursday. We hope that you can join us for that because we're looking forward to it. Whatever there is to deconstruct, we'll deconstruct it for you, guaranteed. And uh, no, that's it. Coming to you from the heart of the Texas Hill Country with my uh, first tooth makeover revamp session coming on Tuesday. We'll see how I am Thursday. <laughs> You'll be talking like this. I was practicing today, so we'll see how it goes. That's right. Here from the heart of the Texas Hill Country, FEMA region number six. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where I remain, I'm John C. Dvorak. We return on Thursday right here on No Agenda. Please remember us at Dvorak.org slash NA. End of show mixes, Sir Michael Anthony and the never... Uh, the unimitable Sir Chris Wilson. Up next, another live show at the Troll Room, trollroom.io, noagendastream.com. Uh, Phoenix and Phone Boy. <laughs> Enjoy that, everybody. We'll talk to you on uh, Thursday. Till then. Adios, mofos. This is not about freedom, personal choice, and patience. And such. But our patience is wearing thin. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Hey folks, guess your hair is when I tested positive for COVID.
2022 After all mankind has been through Covid, Ukraine, inflation and more So get ready for what's in store Donald Trump, he didn't survive When his plane blew up in the sky Police have ruled it a suicide In the year 2028 Mandatory vaccine for hate Can't fly no plane, can't drive no cars Elon Musk's run away to Mars In the year 2032 AOC's Queen of me and you Billion Omar adorns every wall In their presence you must crawl In the year 2036 They're up to their same old tricks Bugs are out and algae is in Breathing in's okay, breathing out is a sin. In the year 2041, being straight is illegal for everyone. Gender reassignment in a can, so eat your beans so you can be trans. In the year 2044, Klaus Schwab is in a jar. Owning nothing is overrated. You won't be happy, but you'll be sedated. In the year 2048, everyone is morbidly overweight. You cannot exercise nor play Or go outside unless you're gay Now it's been 33 years Since 2015's monetized tears Stupidity that went viral On our downward spiral Human beings have run their race History's put them in their place Who'd have thought when this crazy started We could be so fake, gay and retarded Unbelievable.